I'm AEW champion Chris Jericho. And unfortunately, less than 24 hours after I became the first AEW champion, with blood streaming down my face after one of the hardest matches I've ever had in my life, some lowlife scumbag committed grand larceny and robbed me of the AEW championship. Now as I sit here in my palatial estate, my beautiful mansion, getting ready to have a little bit of the bubbly, I'm just imagining what I would do to that son of a bitch if he was here right now. And as a result, I am launching a worldwide investigation using the top private investigators in the world today to find out who committed this crime. And trust me, as the AEW champion, as your Le Champion, I promise to regain and restore and find and reclaim the AEW championship. And once again, give you another reason to finally give me the thank you that I deserve. You're welcome. introduction you gave yourself right, there. You like Peds that? To the double E-Z-Y. That's right. A little road dog action. Yeah, I like <laughs> That's it. That's right. We are the podcast champions of the world. The hard knock Frank Knox. The smart Mark. The Scott. And the big effing Dale Peasy. That's right. And we have a huge, huge show going on today. You know, I have been waiting for part two of the Bill Alfonso interview. Part two, guys. You know? Uh, talks about ECW. ECW. That's it. Yeah. ECW. 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 That's ECW. right. It's going to be huge. We got to talk about the fallout from All Out. Oh, we- man. There was a lot that a lot happened there. On. That's Ooh, right. There was some fallout after All Out. That's right. NXT UK Raw and SmackDown from this week. What? At 6.15, we're scheduled to have Slick Wagner Brown. Seasoned vet and the owner. underground king. That's right. The owner of Tesla Strength Wrestling calling in. We're going to be talking about the big show this weekend, Fight for Your Dreams 2. And it's going to be one hell of a show. But before I go any further, guys, you know what time it is. Morphin time. Well, <laughs> Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Not just morphin time. It's lighting time. It is time for the ceremonial lighting of the blood. My favorite part of the episode and yours. Not so much Scott, but he's already got the drink it in. 
Yeah, Scott comes supplied with beers, and you know that's mm. what he's the Scott. He likes to black out. That's not the only thing he's got. He's got a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> that's, that's right. right. I got it all. I got some Bailey's Irish cream, you know, because uh, Bailey cream the Irish last kicker this week. And then to celebrate this Monday, I have some Broken Skull Ranch. Wow, the mecca of it all. IPA. This guy's such a Scott. I know, right? Such a Scott. Look and, at him. And then this week, even pointed to the camera. He's trying to play off to the camera. I know, I know, right? So there it is. And then also, it's on, it's on ice right now, so I can't get up and get it, but we have a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. But before we go that far, I got a little bit of the weed that I want to light so. Before I go any further, I ask you guys, are you ready? I'm here. I'm ready. Let's do it. I said, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready, PZ. Then... For the three of us in this podcast studio and the hundreds listening at home and watching on Facebook Live. Ooh, let's get ready to smoke it. Yeah, and tell if you're not down with that. We got two words for you. Smoke it. That's right. We got the kick palm loaded. I'm lighting the blunt, baby. Break it down. Break it, break it, break it down. Yeah. Break it down. Woo! Now we're talking. Now we're fired up. That's right. We're lit. We're about to be lit. This is like once we light the blunt is when the podcast begins, right? Well, I agree. Yeah. But before we even got to that point, Frank, you gave me a little treat. What's yeah. that? You gave me a little treat, Frank. You gave oh, me yeah, 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 yeah. a little edible. Yep. Now, a couple weeks ago, Frank came in here all edibled up, ready to go. He didn't bring PZ any edibles. But this week, Frank comes in. He pops this jar in my face. And what is it? It is a big jar of Scooby Snacks. You don't know what Scooby Snacks are. They're basically like weed. Well, candy that looks like weed. But tastes like candy. But tastes like candy and gets you fucked up. Which is the key component here. So you popped one of those, and now smoking this blunt's going to really ignite this edible. You, you know? think so? That's how I usually, when I eat edibles, it's like once I smoke is when I start feeling it. Well, speaking of smoking, we got this week's strain of the week. And here in this blunt, I got the Indica strain Dosi Doe. Dosi Doe is a cross between OG Kush Girl Scout cookies and face off OG with the very, very high THC content of 30%. Wow, 30%? Wow, man, we're going to be sleeping. Here you go, Frank. No, we're not going to be sleeping. We're going to be doing just the opposite. We're going to be fired up because we got a big show today. You know, uh, we had a big uh, weekend with AW All Out. We all were together Mm. on Saturday watching All Out. We're going to talk about that more. You guys do anything else this weekend? Woo! Scott, what'd you do? Uh, let's see. Well, All Out was great. You know, we, we got together for that. You know, fired up the grill. Uh, fired up some... Uh, Scott, so, stop. Some, we're trying to work the camera, Scott. Some bratwurst. <laughs> Scott's yeah. over here trying to work the camera. So I, I, I was cooking up some bratwurst, and then uh, PZ and uh, Frank Knox over here ate them all. I, I, I bought them <laughs> and grilled them, and they ate them all. I didn't even say one well, for myself. Well, Scott... 
You know, PZ ate three. I ate two. That's right. You were slow you know, on to come I, up. I ate my portion. I was. We were my two, serving. We were two and a half hours deep into this all-out pay-per-view. I was struggling to keep my eyes open. And putting food in your mouth is going to keep them open. That's right. You brought me back to life. Put the a food brat. coma. Food coma. The brat. That didn't bring you to life. That put you to sleep. Brat. Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You Let me get three brat. Lesnar's the beer brat. Oh my god, that's right, man. So I mean, other than that, this weekend, I I mean, I went to the movies. I finally saw Hobbs and Shaw, Frank. Oh, finally! What'd you think? I finally saw that thing's still out in theaters, huh? I I couldn't believe it. Neither can I. It still had like multiple showings too. It wasn't like one or two. You know what I mean? Wow. So what'd you think? Well, you know what? I mean, the movie wasn't bad. A lot of action. But I felt like it was all action and no story, you know, or very little plot, you know, to go with it. No, the plot surfaced within the first scene of the movie. I mean, and then that was it from there. They had to get this virus out of her, her body. It was all run and gun, you know, it had for me. I thought it was funny. It had a lot of funny moments. Of course it did. Listen, Dwayne Johnson's amazing, you know, and uh, Jason State. What's his fucking name? State Statham. Jason Statham. Yes, man. And they, that guy's great. You know, the action scenes were amazing. He did all the legwork, if you ask me, you know, while The Rock took it easy. Yeah, man. I've been a fan of that huge fan since Transporter 1. Dude. That's where he that's blew up, back, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Taking it back. One, yeah. Transporter 1. Was it the original? Three transporters now? Wow. I don't even know. How many transporters are we deep? I think three. And then they may have made a, a runoff, like a spinoff without him, and it flopped. Come on. Well, this was a spinoff that did not flop with Hobbs and Shaw, right? You were right there, Scott. Right on point. That's it. This movie was number one for a few weeks, right? Several, I think. At least two. It, no, I think it got to the first week, and then something big, I think, knocked it off. But I forget what that big movie was. I'm not oh, a big right. movie buff. Here we go. Wow. He doesn't even watch the movie, but he knows the box office. Why? Yeah, because he's that, that big of a Scott. Because, because Roman Scott. Reigns and Dwayne Johnson were in it. So he followed it. It's probably because I followed The Rock on Twitter. I think he had to congrat- congratulate whoever beat him out the second week. Go figure. You know? But I thought overall the movie was good. It was solid. I'm glad I got to see it before it came out of theaters. You know? Other than that. When they went to Samoa, I thought that was the best part. Of oh, the yeah, because you had Roman, Roman Reigns, you know, but out it, of nowhere. The problem is they did it, like, so deep into the movie where you're almost, like, getting restless at that point. So it was I, a I, long movie. Yeah, it was a long movie. I got to ask because I've seen reports. Was there a pop at all when Roman Reigns was on screen? Not not when I went, but the movie's been <laughs> yeah, out for, like, four weeks. When I went, not it's one single person knew that was Roman Reigns but me. But I did. I, I popped. Yeah. He's, he's hitting the spear and a Samoan drop. Ooh, that's right. Ooh, ooh, ah, that's what I, I popped on the gimmicks. inside. I was real amped. <laughs> you know, hitting all the spots in the middle of the movie. This guy's getting all the shitted. You know, typical typical wrestler. Getting all the shitted. What about you, Scott? You do anything else this weekend? Yeah, I went to my favorite brewery on Sunday. Should be uh, Treehouse. Treehouse, of course. Of course you did. In Charlton, Massachusetts. You live you know? up in that bitch, don't you? It's been a while since I've been there. You know, I usually I think it's been like six weeks. That's a long time for me. It's the only place Scott goes is Treehouse and wrestling. <laughs> you know, he'll be at. Well, you're gonna. He's gonna be at the Garden next week. That's right, Scott. You're gonna be at the Garden. I'll be at the Garden. Yeah, Monday night and Tuesday night, Raw and SmackDown. So uh, yeah, if there's any uh, live reports, I'll uh, give that to you guys on Thursday. Oh, that would be excellent. Yeah, we'll be you know, since you're going to be live. Are you back, going to Raw and SmackDown? Going to both. Going to both. Of course you are. He's going to both. Can you believe it? <laughs> this guy's going to Raw. He's going to SmackDown. 
can't believe it. I'm hoping I get upgraded for my tickets, though, since apparently ticket sales aren't that well. I think they'll be good. It's in New York City. They announced Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, let's take a break from this. We got our special schedule calling. All right. I believe on air, we have Slick Wagner Brown. Oh, hold on a second. Maybe he's not there. Hello? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, there he is. There he is. He's He's live. What's up, Slick Wagner Brown? You're live on a 2B Blood podcast. What's up, PZ? What's going on, man? man? You know, we appreciate you calling in. Absolutely. You must be getting prepped up. You guys got a big show coming up this weekend. If you didn't know, Slick Wagner Brown, he is the the trainer, the owner, the man who is the the, the brains behind Test of Strength Wrestling. They have a big show this weekend, Northampton, Massachusetts, at the Deuce. It is Fight for Your Dreams 2. And, uh, yes, sir. Absolutely, man. So you're in a big match for this weekend too, huh? You got a, uh, you got a big thing going on with the Kowalski guys. The tag team. Yeah, me and Jay Frey defend, defend the tag straps. That's right. So you guys are going up against the odd pairing of Elijah Six and uh, Mattias, and I can't believe how did those two even get put together? You know, you guys have been running the tag scene and test of strength. Beating everyone that comes in your way. You guys beat up Ty Shine and, and HVO. You guys are just taking everybody out. And now you got Elijah Six, you know, coming in with an outsider to face you. What, what are your thoughts on that? That this guy, you know, it's got little experience coming up against a seasoned vet like you. Uh, thoughts are, man, it's, it's, it's the, uh, you know, the young lions, man, like they like to call themselves. You know, they, they, they've earned a shot at the tax straps. You know, Elijah Six. I've been running, you know, pretty much undefeated with the uh, the firm with uh, Sammy Diaz, you know what I'm saying, and uh, Jay Bricks and uh, Richard Stone, D. Esquire. So they've all been running rough shot over TOS. So, you know, I think those guys are a good challenge. They're young. They're, they're you know, ain't got too much experience in the game, but they've been doing their thing, man. Pretty impressive for young cats, you know. Matias himself, he's undefeated in TOS. So, you know, Matias hasn't lost a match in TOS. He's been out of the game for a little bit because he's been hurt, but now he's back. And uh, Elijah Six is on a good run. So I, I, think, I think it'll be pretty exciting. Wow. That's going to be a big match for you guys. I got to know, though, what match out of the whole card, aside from yours, are you looking forward to most? I'm looking forward to the title match. You know, the, the Dan the Man defending his title against Ty Shine. You know, Ty Shine is uh, the first TOS uh, signed sign up the first student and he's going against Dan the man who's been champion for almost a year so that, that'll be interesting Dan the man has held on to this title for quite a long time now I mean this guy's been champion for months for months and I yeah, think if, if anybody's going to take the strap off him Ty Shine's got the greatest chance I mean this guy like you said he's an OG he's an original to test the strength one of the first students that walked through the door yeah, he is the first student to walk in the door of TOS, man. All the way back to 2014 when we were at Norm's Gym in Waterbury, Connecticut. Shout out to Norm's Gym. Appreciate the, uh, you know, uh, the support. Wow. That, that's, I mean, that's been a long time ago. How long was it when you guys moved from there over to East Hartford? Uh, we've been in East Hartford for about two years, going on three, I believe. Uh, it's 2019 now, so we started five years ago, man. So we spent 
a year in Waterbury and a year in Watertown, and all the rest has been in uh, East Hartford. Wow. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm me, myself, I, you know, I'm, I'm deeply involved with Test of Strength. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm upset that I'm not going to be there this weekend, but I'll tell you what. If there's a match this weekend that I'm looking forward to, because I have history with both these guys, and uh, that goes for you and Frank, uh, Scott, uh, is the two out of three falls match, or the best out of three falls match for Sammy Diaz versus Dickie Moon. These two have such a rich history that dates back, you know, they, they train together yeah, coming yeah. up. They, they fought each other, what, four or five times already? Prior to even yeah. getting in a test of strength, yeah. and now here we are. It's like the feud continues. I mean, this has to be the culmination of years long. I mean, you guys had the big press conference, and I'm just, I'm so hyped. And then this match has really drawn my attention. You know, that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most. You have a favorite in that match? Do I have a favorite? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, personally, I'm a big fan of the firm. You know, I, I meet Richard Stone. You know, he gives me all my legal advice. Right. I, got, I got to go with Rich Stone. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Slick. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a big match, man. Those, like I said, those guys are on fire. Hippie Dicky Moon, you never even know what he can do. And, you know, it's uh, Sammy D is the new look for him. And this is pretty much his first big match uh, since he's been back uh, from injury. So, and he's facing, like you said, man, a guy he's got a long history with and a guy that, you know, every time they've walked in the ring together, pretty much he's got the W over Sammy Diaz. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens at COS. I mean, uh, at uh, Fight for Your Dreams, too, this, uh, this Saturday, December 7th. Absolutely. September 7th, it's going down. You can get tickets online, $15 front row, $10 general admission. If you go get them at the door, which the tickets will be available, you're going to have $20 front row and $15 general admission, and the door is open at 6. So if you guys are going to the Deuce in Northampton, do not be late because we got a meet and greet going from 6 to 6.30, and then the show's kicking off, and I'm sure it's going to start off hot. Oh, I think we just lost the Wonder Brown. <laughs> oh, man, really? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man, <laughs> can you believe that? Yeah, that's terrible. Wow. Well, well on that note, you have to call in. It's going to be a huge show. It is going to be a huge I'm show. I'm looking forward to it. What? Well, I think he's calling back. I'm nice. Let, let him back in. Slick, I think we lost you there. Call drop. Sprint's finest. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you got that sprint. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, man, what other matches should the crowd be ready for for this show this weekend? What are the other matches that you want to let the crowd know that are definitely going to be ones that they cannot miss? All of them, man. It's a stat card. It's fight for your dreams. It's Star Mania. It's a stat card, man. Like as we just talked about the title match with Dan Man and Ty Shine, the tag team title match with you know the Kowalski guys and and uh, Elijah Six and Matias. Uh, we've got Sammy Diaz versus Dickie Moon, two out of three falls. Uh, we got a tables match with Ryan Frost and, and Big Jim Sullivan Anderson, Big Jim Anderson versus uh, both Douglas and and, and uh, Bull Dread. You know, that, that's a tables match. We've I'm really looking forward to that, but I, I, Ryan Frost doesn't have good luck with tables. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Tables, tables. Tables, what, what is it, two, Frost zero? Yeah, I think at this point that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be amazing. We got a big grudge match, too. We got Bobby Ocean taking on Marcel Williams with Jimmy Mees in his corner. This is the match I'm most looking forward to. You're looking to forward to this? Yeah. Like, yeah. I tell you what, when Jimmy Mees turned on Bobby, 
You know? This match has been brewing for like half a year when Marcel Williams attacked him. That's right. And they over came out. Over on Northampton. Yep. Yep. And now uh, they made the match official at their last show, House Rules. You know? And, uh. It's, it's, yeah. Jimmy Meese is a special guest referee. So you already know how that's going to go. <laughs> With oh, Meese wow. as the referee, the odds are stacked against Bobby Ocean. Exactly. Bobby Ocean's in a can't-win situation, so we'll see how he handles that. Well, Bobby Ocean's a former world champion, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure he's sure he's got some kind of tricks up his sleeve, you know? Yeah, he has more than one. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna find out. We're going to find out. Damn, and then we got the BPW, the Battlefront Pro Wrestling Championship, being defended on Test of Strength soil. Wow. I know. I can't yes, believe it. Yes, sir. TJ Howell. High yeah, Voltage man. Omar, El Jabroni, and Jiggy Sosa in a fatal four-way for the BPW Championship. That's right, and Jiggy Sosa's a two-time champ, so let's, let's see what, how he fares with three strong opponents in this one. How did you get the Battlefront Pro Wrestling Championship to be defended on your show? Uh, Dan Gore, man. I reached out to Dan Gore and... Uh... I said, how would you like to have your title defending at Fight for Your Dreams? He was all for it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And then we got, of yeah. course, the open challenge. Magnificent Marcos with Honest Abe is going to call out anyone who wants to step up. This guy's built like a Greek god. I say it every time I see him. I mean, who's going to stop Magnificent Marcos? Maybe the guy that, you know, the new <laughs> uh, talent Honest Abe picked up in his camouflage gear. <laughs> <laughs> you think what, Chris Cannon's going to come in out of nowhere? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen Honest Abe in that camo gear, you know, with Chris Cannon. <laughs> Honest Abe's got a long list of clients. I mean, who wouldn't want that guy in his corner? Anybody could show up. That's right. It's going to be unpredictable. It's, it's going right. to be unbelievable. It's going to be a huge show this Saturday, September 7th, at the Deuce in Northampton, Massachusetts. Do not miss this show. It's going to be huge. Slick Wagner Brown, thank you for calling in. And if yeah. Slade Dangerfield yeah, says... Let, let. If you miss this show, the joke's on you, right? That's right. The joke's on you. Slick, you got anything you want to you wanna, uh, plug before I let you go? Yeah, man. Just let the people know that, you know, front row tickets are still available. Less than 20 is left. So if they want to get front row, they got to do it now. And you can do that by going to the Facebook, the Test of Strength Facebook page. Or you can go on, on uh, Instagram or Twitter at TOS Wrestling one and get more information on where you can get tickets. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it's can't miss. It's can't miss event. It's uh, Fight for Your Dreams. If you were there for the first one last year, then you know what to expect. If this is your first time, you will not be disappointed. You're going to be like, I can't believe this is my first event, and I can't wait to see the next one. Well, if it is your first event, then Fight for Your Dreams 2 is the one to BS. The WrestleMania for Tesla Strength Wrestling. You know, the biggest show of the year. That's right. All right, Slick. Well, I appreciate you calling in, and uh, good luck Saturday with the show, and we'll be talking soon. All right, PZ. Thanks for having having me on, man. I look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. You too, man. Thank you. All right, man. Be easy. Ah, Slick Wagner Brown. There you know, big show calling in the plug fight for your dreams too. You're not going to want to miss that this weekend. You know, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And now that that's over, we're going to go ahead and get into a little news. That's right. Every week, your boy brings the best, the upcoming, the cannabis news, the funny news, the biggest news, the breaking news. And I got it here this week. And we're going to start 
with Ric Flair. Oh, these goddamn dogs. Hey! Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, Ric Flair. He's been, I seen him on TMZ this morning. So Ric Flair is... Really was on TMZ this Yeah, time? he's wow. trying to... He went in and he's trying to trademark, or he put in the request to trademark and patent the use of the moniker The Man, specifically in pro wrestling. Right? So Ric Flair had no problem when Becky Lynch started calling herself the man. And in his eyes, and in his mind, I should say, his thought was that he was going to collect the check, a royalty check. Because he has to be the man. That's so right. He's be been using this since 1981. Yeah. You know? To be the man, you have to sue the man. That's where it's going. Well, apparently he called Triple H and he said, listen, he's like, I don't care if you guys use this. I don't care if Becky uses it. You got to pay me. You got to pay me, bro. And then it ended up happening. He tried calling in. His lawyer tried calling WWE, and that didn't work. So <laughs> lawyers and Vince McMahon do not go well together. No. Even then, Ric Flair caught in the promo on TMZ, said that he was getting disrespected, and yeah, they weren't returning his calls to those WWE know, lawyers. Yeah. Oh, you got to check it out on TMZ. Uh, the, Scott, this morning. the Scott you hasn't seen, seen it? This? No, I haven't seen it. I've been, this is today. I was working all day. Damn. You know, I was in traffic. So now he's, got, Vince, to get here on now time. he's got the WWE and Charlotte all pissed off at him over this. Yo, yeah. I, Charlotte's real hot about this. Well, I mean, Charlotte and Becky Lynch, right? Real life best friends. And then he right? was like, "You use that gimmick, my gimmick, to fight my daughter, that exact feud." And I was cool with it. But then you rolled with it, and now I want to get paid. I, I, to be honest with you, I'll tell you, Flair's problem. He never saved his money all those years. Of course, he not, should not man. even have to worry about a thing. But he never saved his money. Case in point, he actually he buys out the bar. He actually bought me a beer once. True story. Wait, Rick Flair bought the Scott a beer? Yeah, I know. I told you this was a couple of years ago. But yes, this did happen. Uh, he bought me a beer because I was a gentleman. I could have only imagined what you tried to buy him in return. How <laughs> many shots did you? How many like, green tea no. shots, Scott? All, all I all I did was shake his hand and say thank you. But That's no, great. I, I didn't return the favor with any shots. Um, and and now of course now he doesn't drink after that that uh, that thing that happened what like two years ago with him. I know he no longer drinks, so I can't return the favor in that way. But maybe I get him a water or a soda or something. Yeah, well, I, he drinks because Stone Cold said he was drinking with him for the Raw reunion. Yeah, I don't know if he was drinking alcohol, though. I but don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? It's the nature He probably boy. has a... Yeah, it's it's the man. Well, now we got beef. Ric Flair, WWE. I, I didn't ever thought I'd see it, but we see it. It's going on. Ric Flair has beef with WWE, and he's trying to you know, uh, patent and trademark the name the, the Man. And it hasn't been confirmed to be trademarked yet, but the request has been put in, and I guess we'll see what happens, you know? You think he'll go to AEW in spite? No. No, no, no. He knows better than that. Yeah. You know? He tried that once with TNA. In non-wrestling news, all right, now, Frank sent me this story, Scott, let me tell you, that had me dying. So this meth addict in Australia pretended to be the police and raided a drug abuser's house, right? So, yeah, this crystal meth addict, addict in Australia goes in. All right, does this work? This is what I want to know. Did it work? Right, yes. So he goes and he knocks on the guy's door, right? Storms the house, shouting, this is the police. Get on the floor face down. Where's all your drugs? Right? Now, the two guys in the house are high as shit. You know? Probably on the meth. Probably on the ice. On the meth, yeah. You know? So these two guys hand over the meth, and they had a cannabis stash. You know? So, (laughs) right, right. So the guy robbing the house. Pretending to be the cops. Thinks that they're withholding more drugs. Right? It's like, this can't be it. There's got to be more. He told them. Yeah. He's like, where is there more? So when he ends up beating this one dude with a hammer. 
Almost to a pulp. Dude. <laughs> yeah. And then, so he found no more drugs. He fled the scene. Eventually, he got caught. But can you believe this one guy, like these two meth heads, believed that this other meth head, this one guy, was doing a raid. One cop raid in the house. So, so I have a question. So they believed he was a cop. But when he pulled out a hammer, <laughs> he busted the guy up with still, a hammer. Yeah, then he, he just he just must have kicked the door and said, "This police raid." They probably skittish meth heads fell to the ground, yeah, and gave yeah. him the drugs. I mean, and... I'm just picturing that he's got like a tool belt on and not like a nightstick in the corner over there. You never know with fucking meth heads, man. This is true. We you have no know. idea, and that's in Australia. That's some other meth that we don't even want. That's right. That's the down under meth. Yeah, <laughs> that's that from down under. That's that coral reef. <laughs> that coral reef. <laughs> Damn, I wonder if they got coral reefer too. <laughs> Apparently so. That's we right. got some cannabis from them. True, true. Speaking of cannabis, there's another headline that bothered me today. The head of the only federal marijuana farm regulated in America by the federal government thinks that 8% THC marijuana is, and I quote, extremely potent. 8%. The head of the nation's only federally authorized marijuana farm said he's baffled why consumers would want marijuana containing 15% or more THC when, according to him, even 8% is too high. Frank. I mean, we're smoking 30, and look at how much of the blunt we've only... I mean, smoking less is more, in my opinion. Less grass that's got to go in my lungs for the better. Right. So this guy was on a podcast, some other jabroni podcast. Obviously, it wasn't as good as ours, right? So this guy, Mahmoud, described how demand for higher potency research-grade cannabis has increased over the last two decades and said that the studies used at his facility products demonstrated that even marijuana with just 8% THC proved too powerful for his subjects. Now, I don't know who these clowns are that are doing this, you know, this test. <laughs> Who's he testing? Dogs or rats? I don't know, dude. That's what I'm saying. Midgets? It makes no sense. It He's makes not no testing sense. grown men, that's for sure. No. No, that's what I mean. I don't get it. So later in the interview, he suggested that those using cannabis concentrates containing much higher levels of THC are suffering from addiction, right? Again, neglecting to recognize that preferences among consumers might vary from time to time. Some might like to use concentrates here and there, like he said, to smoke a little bit to get real high instead of having to smoke maybe a yeah, whole, whole one, bunch, yeah. you know, to go down. So this guy... I don't understand. Who who in the right mind would believe 8% cannabis is going to do the job? I mean, that's that's probably not even your daddy's cannabis. Your mom is cannabis. You know? I mean, what's 8%? That's nothing. It's probably like your our, you know, our parents' cannabis, the brick weed. There's probably CBD yeah. strains that got more fucking THC in there than that. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know? What do you think, Scott? You don't even smoke. I'm asking you. Scott, what are you <laughs> drinking over there? Oh, I'm still on the Bailey's Irish cream over here. I can't believe you're drinking Bailey's. And he's like slow it, sipping it too, and it's, it's one nap of Bailey's. Like I gotta take it easy, man. Take it easy. Why? You got something coming up? Alright, here, show me how it's done then. I don't even want to drink Bailey's. <laughs> yeah, why would anybody want to yeah. drink Bailey's? Listen, I got it as a pun, a play on words, right? Bailey's Irish cream. He's anyway. about to do six Bailey's I'm Irish cream. This guy didn't even like uh like wait until we talk about Bailey. He just goes right in. You know, this jumps into opening the Baileys. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Coming up, we're going to have to call Kincaid soon, I think, Frank. You know, I need to get the dirt for this week. After that, we got the fallout from all out.
it's going to be a lot to talk about because the three of us were together. And I think you all know how I feel about All Out. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm also excited because we're going to be talking to Bill Alfonso at the end of the show. Part two of the wait. interview. It's huge. It's be great. ECW, man. That's what I mean. He was That's a pioneer. What have ECW been ECW without someone like Bill Alfonso? Uh, that's probably not. I don't know. Not yeah. probably not. I mean, the but guy's no, iconic. No, he's iconic. He's iconic. Not like Peyton Royce or Billy Kay. Scott. And that's what we were thinking. <laughs> I think I'm play it off. He right, wasn't going to say that. Enough of this shit. I'm going to keep smoking this blood. I was when you were said down under, but go ahead. <laughs> down under. We're going to call Don Kincaid. Ladies and gentlemen. Exclusive breaking news brought to you by the Kincaid Hotline. And now, renowned reporter, Don Kincaid. It's Don Kincaid, baby! That's right, me and Frank are in the house. We got the minutes loaded up. One ninety-nine a minute, Don. Don't try no funny shit. Tell me what you got, baby. Baby, it's only Stan at one ninety-nine. You don't trust me, Ken? Come on! Oh, <laughs> I hope I hope you keep your word. Otherwise, Easy, I'm the- yeah, the bill's been looking good. I've been overlooking. All right, I don't want to call Richard Stone. No, man, Frank, as long as you're taking care of the books, hey, we're all good. But hey, enough of that. I've got some huge WWE news coming out. Check this shit out, Frank and PZ Monmouth. Check this shit out. We have got the announcement. Post Wrestling's John Pollock has confirmed that the next WWE draft is scheduled for next month and it will be beginning on Friday, October 11th on Friday Night SmackDown in Las Vegas. What? Yeah, baby. And not only that, the draft will continue into Monday Night Raw on October 14th from Denver, Colorado. The draft is coming, baby. It's coming to the land of the legal weed. Yeah. Check it out. I'll start to fire it up for some WWE's. WWE news, check this shit out. Now, I've got this list that I always look at the WWE pay-per-views coming up in the future. And in 2020, in August 22, and August 23, back-to-back nights, there is going to be NXT TakeOver Boston and SummerSlam in the same location, TD Garden, in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm giving you a heads up now so you can look for that ticket sales, baby. Wow. So we're going to have SummerSlam and TakeOver right up north in Boston. Back-to-back nights, baby. Frank, we might have to go... Hit the town. We're gonna we're gonna hit the town. We're gonna paint it black. That's right, black and green. I, I feel some fucked up Scott stories coming out of one of those nights. I tell you that right now. Well, of course, cause Scott, that's what he does. That's why he's <laughs> Scott. Scott will be blacked out Saturday night for sure. Uh, absolutely. Oh. Hey, your blackout stories, I love those blackout stories. Hey, uh, on Twitter, on the old Twitter machine, Impact Wrestling has announced that Tyler Valkyrie has officially became the promotion's longest reigning knockout champion. Oh, wow. A record that was previously held by the Hall of Famer herself, Gail Kim, who at one time held the title for 232 days. And according to the record book, Tyler has held the title for 244 days running as 
Luckily, we have Dude. Twitter to keep up with the uh, TNA records or the Impact records. That's Otherwise, right. we never know about it. Can't trust our data Dude. team. Just the sky. If you don't have the, you gotta have the Twitter machine, baby. That's right. I love the Twitter. All right. Now we've got some AEW news coming out, and there's a lot to cover. So let me get right into this. All right. Now. Speaking of AEW and big news, we've got this big, huge pay-per-view coming out. It's going to be called Full Gear at Royal Farms Arena on Saturday, November 9th, local time, 7 p.m., and maybe it is going to be amazing. That is right in Baltimore, Maryland, baby. And Baltimore? Yeah, Baltimore. And the first match announced... The return of John Moxley versus Kenny Omega to get this battle rolling. Fucking bullshit! First no. off, first off, Don, John Moxley probably won't even be back for that. He'll probably go out, try to wrestle some indie fed down in Antarctica, and come back with another staph infection. <laughs> what you gonna make like a oh, breaking three news, Don? Breaking news. John Moxley's a piece of shit. Oh, man. Wow. That's man. right. Read that, Moxley. Man, Frank Knox, get a hold of your man Peasy over here. He's freaking out, He's man. out of control, man. That's right. He's even more fired up because Kenny Omega did the job to pack. That's right. Or Pac. Oh, What's my up? God. Pac, I'll tell you what. You are another no good son of a bitch. A bitch. That's right. Look at what you did, Mr. Knox. Oh, my word. Got y'all fired up over here. Hey, it was you, Don. You're the one who called and pissed him off. Hey, you hey. know how I feel about John Moxley right now, Don. All right. Well, enough of that, John Moxley. Let's, let's make PZ a little bit happy. And this is going to be in closing. Now, this still entails some AEW news because... On Sunday evening, the first ever AEW champion, Chris Jericho, was eating at a long horn steakhouse, and we all know that his belt was stolen. We do not know who the culprit was, but within recent hours, the Tallahassee Police Department says it has in fact recovered the professional wrestling star Chris Jericho's championship belt which was reported stolen on Sunday after a quick visit into town at that Longhorn Steakhouse. Quick now, visit my ass. This guy, hey. who for, first off, who takes a limo to the Longhorn? All right, hey, who takes hey. a limo and then you leave your shit in the car, right? Like, who does that, Don? Like, I know you think you're full of yourself. He's probably backstage. You saw him backstage, Frank, drinking, drinking the bubbly, having a little bubbly. You know, probably got two turned up. He was getting drunk all night. That's right. Goes to the Longhorn Steakhouse and loses his title. That's what he happened. Chris Jericho should have had a bodyguard, but we all know he was a limo driver, baby. We all know. Yeah, that's what Virgil said. Virgil said he could have taken care of him. <laughs> oh God! Uh, hey, I'm on. I got one more thing about AEW news because uh, the AEW news. Look, I can't even talk, baby. Uh, the Tallahassee Police Department says that it, 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 it is in fact recovered the professional wrestling star Chris Jericho's AEW Championship belt, which he had reported stolen on Sunday after a quick visit to town. Now. Of Officer Damon Miller 
uh, uh, Tallahassee's a police department spokesman said someone turned in the boat at the police headquarters after finding it alongside of the road. I made sure I said that slowly. Alongside of the road, the AEW championship was found alongside of the fucking road. Wow. Wow. Not only that. <laughs> He got, he got drunk, down, and threw it out the window. That's right. I don't need this son of a bitch. Ask him. The belt itself, my friends, PZ and Frank Knox, is estimated at a $30,000 value. What? $30,000. That's a whole lot of gold on that belt. That's a lot of money. Laying in the gutter on the side of the road. Well, now we know the championship match will be sponsored by Longhorn Steakhouse. You're eating up my minutes now. I gotta get this show moving. We'll call you next week for the dirt. Next week, baby! Hey yo, it's HBO, High Voltage Omar. You are listening to the top podcast around, to be blunt, with your host, Peasy. That's right. To be blood podcast, baby. That's <laughs> too good. It's we too it good all for the bubbly. We get it all for the bubbly. Bubbly, baby. Bubbly. The bubbly. You know, we got that shit loaded up. I got the bubbly ready to go. A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit of the bubbly. That's right. That's right. I'm like a DJ up in this bitch. <laughs> DJ PC. Damn, yo. Great. Your boy's lit right now. So the fallout from all out, huh? I know. I feel like Scott should have popped the bubbly, but we're not going to get to all out first. We got to talk about King of the Ring brackets. Last week, we told everyone listening that we started our own little King of the Ring. That's right. We did, and I got chopped. That's right. Frank Knox got chopped live on camera. That's it right. was devastating. He deserved it. I had a damn good bracket, but I don't know. Not anymore. What happened? What are you looking like? So this week, you know, this week, tides have turned. Tell him, Frank. You know, I'm gonna let you have your moment here. Go ahead, cut your promo. I don't need my moment. Get your shine. I don't need my moment. Come on, let him you know. You tell him. What? You tell him. All right. Who the king of the ring is? That's right. This week. It's not you. No. It's not you. No. It's me, Frank Knox. God I got damn. one guy remaining. What do you jabronis got? I mean, uh, I think I got. Who the hell do I have? Do I even have anybody? You know better than I do. You I have think. nobody left. Ali lost. Yeah, I had Andrade lost. Andre and, uh, Andrade and Drew McIntyre was already out. Yeah, Cedric Alexander lost. So yeah, I have nobody left. You're right. Damn. What about me? Do I have anyone left? No, huh? No, I got no. Samoa Joe's out. Samoa Joe's out. So you're Demis telling me. Out. So you're telling me. Andrade's wait a second. Out. So you're telling me for the next until this tournament's over, you're just going to be chopping us every week. I mean. I won the tournament. Two chops. I didn't know I was going to continue through Dude. the finals. I can. Wait, wait. Did you win it yet? Does it depend on what happens the next two weeks? Well, Baron Corbin is in the semifinals. But that semifinal match is a triple threat. Right. Which it didn't matter for me because I had Drew in that spot anyway. So it doesn't even matter if it was Ricochet or Joe. But who's in your finals? 
My finals is busted. It's it was Drew McIntyre and Andrade. Okay. So you get it this week. Then but that's it. But you're saying next week you get nothing. Unless, and I'll get nothing. I'll get nothing because I did not pick All Corbin right. to go through. It's so, devastating. So the tournament so, will be over so after this'll that. So this will be the end of the last week of chops then, it sounds like. That's right. <laughs> All that's right. it. Well, I guess we got to do it. Live here on Facebook, Frank Knox. You can come over here, Frank. We're going to go ahead and set this up. Scott, you might as well get up. Get over here. All right. We got to get this thing going. I'm going to get up. I'm going to take my headphones off. We're going to go live. <laughs> The dogs know what's going on. So listen. Let me move this chair out the way. God damn it. We got to do this the right way. We got Frank Knox. That's right. We got the Scott. The champion. And you got Peasy. And right now, we got what's coming to us. We made a bet. We made a bet. And I told everyone that every week they get a chop if they win. And this guy's won. So now it's going to happen. Me and the Scott, we got to take the Let's chops. Scott, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, whatever you want to do. I don't know. I think I'm in prime That's position, it. though. Yep. All right. So I'll go first. That's fine. Let's go. Oh, no. Oh, God. All right. All right. Oh, no. Hold on. Ah, yeah. Yeah, baby. I'm the king of the ring. Woo. Frank's the king of the ring, baby. Frank Knox. Frank Knox knows in Frank's top five. Frank Knox. Uh, I mean, That's it's who. a couple seconds later. I'm still feeling it right now. I think I might have, like, a... A Jack Swagger handprint on me right now. That's right. Listen, I've caught chops from worse, but that was still nice. That I got was the one stinger. Of my, that was one of my first chops ever in my life. That's right. I got the stinger, you know? So now that we got that out the way, Frank Knox, current king of the ring, winner. And we got now, while my chest burns ever so slightly. I know. I need some, like, Vaseline or something. Oh, don't be a fucking Scott. <laughs> you need Vaseline? Man? Don't be a Scott, Scott. Don't be a Scott. We got to talk about the fallout from all out. We're going to open the phone lines, too. So if you want to call in and talk about All Out or whatever we're talking about, 860-384-7110. Please call in. in. And the Scott's in the building. If you want to stump the Scott. I'm thinking, I'm feeling, uh, since we got, we're going to talk about the AEW title, right, and all the controversy regarding it. And Clash of Champions is coming up. So if you have any championship-related questions, feel free to call in. Try to stump me. If you're listening in post-production, try next week, 6 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. That's right. Every Thursday. Wow. Same, same Scott place. Same Scott channel. And that's right. So let's get right into All Out. Guys. My. my <laughs> you know what my initial feelings about All Out were? Well, you tapped out. You didn't, you didn't stick exactly. around the whole night. That's so. what I'm going to say, yeah. Scott. I was not an out. By the time they got to the, you know, the main part of the card, the beef, the meat and potatoes, I was already shot, you know, because they gave me nothing. Well, I can't say nothing because there was glimpses of hope. Otherwise, I felt I was utterly not amused. You know, um, there were a few matches that I did enjoy uh, as far as, uh, you know, like uh, Kenny Omega and Pac, I thought was excellent. That was uh, good. You know, the, but the, uh, ending just the, the Cracker Barrel match is probably my favorite match of the night. That was insane. You know, that and, was my favorite match of the night. And amongst other things, but there was not, it wasn't all bad. But I think me nodding out and, and tapping out early and just seeing the like general consensus from you two, which I want to know about, it seems like the overall uh, feeling was that all out was, uh, you know, 
I could, oh, I could uh, agree. It was that like mediocre. It was bro. less than mediocre. Thank you. That's right. what I think. That was a nice way of putting it. The reason why I think is because of the co- for me it was because of the Cody Rhodes, Sean Spears match was just it didn't make any sense. You're saying it didn't make any sense for what? Because for Cody going over? Absolutely. No, Cody going over, A, and then Arnie Anderson coming out. Well, that made sense. That I, made I told sense, you that was going to happen. But then, uh, what's his name? You talk about MJF? MJF, he was playing like he was going to turn on him, never did. Well, I think they're, they're obviously and building towards that. But they'll get to that eventually. Oh, But overall, if you ask me, like, I think the show was all right, but I, I don't think it was like $60 all right. So if you're listening and out there, that's right. It maybe nine ninety nine. Yeah, all right. Maybe some of you, you know. out there listening. Maybe you got a stream. Maybe you got something a lot cheaper. You know, I was a sucker. We were all suckers that that did twenty bucks a piece and you know did it through devastating. Uh, devastating. Through our television set for what but, to watch a guy crash through an actual cracker barrel. <laughs> you know, that's what I paid sixty dollars for. The monkey flip off the the rope in the chair was great. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty dope. When he landed up, that was pretty dope. Yeah, that was dope. So I let think, me say, I think we got to enjoy those type of matches while we can because I don't know, those guys aren't going to be going. That's <laughs> right. We're going to break their necks the way <laughs> yeah. they wrestle. In six man, months, half first. the AEW roster is going to be shot. You know, it's going to be shot. So let me ask you guys, in your opinion, what went right at the pay per view and what went terribly wrong specifically? In your opinion, Scott? All right. So I'll say definitely huge star made, and I think it was all because of the crowd, Luchasaurus. Super oh, over. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. I told you while this match was happening. I said, this guy's hella over. He's hella over. He has been. I know, but like I, the crowd was like super behind this guy. You know? And, and it almost looked like that was like a six man that was kind of thrown in. Like obviously Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, like they're a tandem, right? But uh, they threw in Marco Stunt, right? Who I, who I hate when I'm drunk, right? That's I yell, right. Fuck, Fuck you, Marco, Marco Stunt. Stunt. <laughs> anyway. So, um, but they meshed really well. They made they made a really good, and even though they lost, um, I mean, they, they still they meshed really well. I, I, I thought they had a great performance. Uh, but overall, Luchasaurus was definitely the star of that group. Do you think Luchasaurus could be a singles wrestler? One hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, really. Of course, a successful singles wrestler in AW right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, why not? What What would you compare him to? Like, and in my head, I'm thinking of like an abyss. You exactly why not. This or maybe a cane. Cane there, might be stretching it, but there's a reason why that's never going to fly. And this is one of AEW's hugest problems, in my opinion. Dinosaurs can be world champs. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, with the right guy standing across from the ring from him. Okay. And right now, AEW has no heels besides maybe two. All right. Otherwise, no. Like, and I'm not talking cool heels. All right, they still get cheered, like MJF. And shit like that. I'm talking people that, like someone that they generally just despise. You know, they do not have any real heels. Jericho, he gets pops. MJF gets pops. I mean, Pac came out as a fucking looking like he was the bastard heel. You know, everything about his mannerisms were completely healed. But he was getting getting pops all night. Okay. All right. I was going to say, he's probably the best heel they got, but does he even work for the company? This the no, he's not a good heel, bro. Because the guy doesn't get, they don't get booed. Nobody gets booed in AEW. Nobody. Nobody gets fucking booed. It's just these these fucking marks are out. Sorry, these fucking Scots are out there just cheering for anybody and anybody just to get something over aside from WWE. Well, it's hard not to cheer for MJF because even though he's the only he's heel great. they have, he's the greatest heel. If they worked him correctly, I like MJF. You know, I like MJF. I love him. Yeah. Exactly, but 
my problem is that he'll shit on everybody, and then all of a sudden, he's on camera talking about Cody Rhodes is my best friend. I do anything. He's talking like the baby face, and he comes out with Cody, which fucking that whole entrance pissed me off when they had the fireworks go off, and he had his fucking dog coming out, bro. Yeah, dogs and fireworks talk yeah, well don't together. The dog didn't even want to come out there, bro, and I was like, I was like, this fucking asshole. I got two dogs. You hear them all the time over here, so you know. You know, that shit drives me nuts. That drives me nuts. But, like, there was just so many things that could have gone right that didn't, I didn't understand. And this is one of the other things. Leading up to AEW's debut, they held on to the surprise that they had signed Kenny Omega until the very end. Correct, Scott? For Kenny Omega, you said? Yeah. For signing... AW. He was not one of the first ones announced to be no, signed. Not, oh, not no, initially. No, no. They, they, yeah. they saved him towards like the double or nothing event or whatever it was. All all in maybe. Uh, probably right no, before. Was the no, first event. It, it was. Um, it was the first you're talking event. about wait when he signed the contract? Yeah. When asking? they first when they announced him it was closer to their first show. It wasn't one of the initial it, people. It was. Because they mean, wanted it to be a surprise to build it up because everybody was like where's Kenny Omega going to sign? Yeah. WWE or AEW? But if you watch Being the Elite I mean like they were all playing with that with the whole yeah they play everything you know like you can't believe anything on that fucking program it's fucking youtube show being the elite all right i'm not a big fan you know but not just me but i'm I'm allowed to have my opinion god damn it i don't like it so you so you want some heels in AEW? i want some heels might be a great heel but but the problem is aside from all that kenny omega had this brilliant promo i played for you guys last week that made him sound like a total cocky heel and then he lost the pack. pack then he comes whatever, out. The the, he comes out for his match, and he gets cheered, and he's doing his little baby face point gimmicks. Like I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. There's no fucking boundaries in AEW for their guys. Like there's no separation. Everybody's just a cool dude that everybody wants to cheer. What the fuck? I Wrestling th- is heroes versus villains. Yeah, but I'd say he was never meant to be the hero. I think the villain in that match was always going to be Moxley and obviously Pac. Moxley, what, in the Pac, original match? In the original match, yeah. No fucking way. I, Moxley was definitely going to be the baby face. You think so? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Moxley supporters out there, but like based on what happened But they want nothing, him to be a heel. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Exactly. They want Moxley to be a heel. He came out to the biggest pop they've ever heard in any arena for anything they've ever because done. Because they fill out to just... That type of fan. That's a uh, new type of fan out there now. I don't. It doesn't you know? seem to me like they're trying to make and Moxie out to be a heel at all. They're every, trying to make him like a cool stone they, cold looking you know? guy. If there's any listeners that want to call in, tell us. Is Kenny Omega babyface or heel? Yes. Call in. Tell me. That promo against Moxley was 100% heel. Call in and fucking tell me. 8603-47110. Is, is Kenny Omega a face or a heel? To me, you know, he's supposed to be a heel. I don't know. doesn't make sense. Doesn't make Some sense. people know he's the son of Tom McGee. Oh, God. We're going to save that combo for another time when we get the rest of the crew in. I was going to go there. But yeah, yeah let it that. go, Scott. We'll be here all day. We got a big interview with Bill Alfonso coming up still. You know, let's go. And did you guys watch NXT UK? Loved it. I didn't see everything, but I saw the key matches. Really? Oh, yeah. What'd you see? That that NXT UK match between uh, Tyler Bate and uh, Walter. That was wow, incredible. Wow, that was and honestly, unbelievable. It, 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 was, um, it was a better match than anything AEW had to offer. Not taking away anything from AEW, but... They that, built up those that was two, the best match two the dudes with, you know, the uh, British Strong style versus the Imperial so well. The that psychology was, in that yeah. match was so fucking good. It was so good. They worked the specific body parts. They played off the big man versus the little man. Uh, David versus Goliath type thing. Uh, 
and it was great. And you had the the spot outside where Tyler Bates went to the pole, and they had the you know the uh, trainers come out and check on him and yep. everything. Like, yeah, no, I added to it. Added great to match, this. and like just the whole ending sequence. I mean, I was literally on my feet when that match went through. And not just that match. I thought Cesaro coming in was a great. Great boost for NXT UK. That guy Huge. was fitting really well there. Yep. The I'm crowd went you. crazy when he came out, dude. Every, everybody went with that. Yeah, they were they were behind him 100%, and it felt good. Cesaro deserves some some rub, even if it's just in England, right? Yeah, he does. He does. I agree. I'm going to agree with that. You know? Um, it's, I think if more WWE guys crossed over, to the NXT UK brand, I think that'd be a huge thing too. Like we talked about before the show started, uh, we were talking this weekend, and maybe like Drew McIntyre coming in to challenge like Walter would be like that'd be, that'd be great. That'd be, be a fucking sick. Ass, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's know, like, the kind of stuff. The main roster crossovers will help that brand. Uh, yeah, cross. There's you know? there's a lot of matches there, like Walter versus Joe. I mean, there's a ton you can go with. Um, but with five brands, they have five brands right now. We're gonna. You know, Kincaid broke the news about um, the draft coming up. So Ron Smackdown will break be the news. Me and PZ broke that news. <laughs> Thank you. Early Thank you. in this podcast. That's man. right. You could check our social media and you could check maybe it was episode one, two, or three. But, but when, when they we have, broke that news. When they stop. have a roster as big as they do and guys that aren't on TV every week that are missing pay per views. I don't see what the problem is at all. Send them out to do an NXT. Get somebody else over. Send them out to NXT UK. Like, there, there's a lot that could be done. There's a lot of dream matches. That Especially can be had. they have a lot of European talent that wouldn't mind going over there, like a Cesaro or a McIntyre. That's right. It's true. It's true. Well, I thought that was great. I'm glad we uh, touched the 40 on that. Forty swings by Cesaro, though. That was, you know, that was impressive. That was incredible. Let's not, let's not forget about that. Was I that, almost did. I yeah. almost did. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that was huge. I'm glad man. you I brought mean, the dude. That was incredible. I got dizzy watching. What a it. test of strength. <laughs> oh, nice, oh. nice, nice. What a test of strength, man. I don't know, man. I mean, I just, I really, I enjoyed NXT UK. We got a great weekend of wrestling, and. um I need to take a smoke break. We've done a lot of talking. I need to do a little smoking. So what we're about to do is pop into a little break. I'm going to light this blunt back up. And when we come back, we're going to give my match of the week. And we're going to go over Ron Smackdown here live on the 2B Blunt Podcast.
That's right. We are back on the 2B Blunt podcast. And uh, I just lit this blunt back up in case you were wondering. And you know what that means, Frank. It means we're getting lit. 30% THC, man. It's a slow burner this episode. It's a slow burner, you said? <laughs> yeah, I mean, think of, we usually power through the first one with no breaks, you know? Well, you know what I think we need? Ah. That's right. A little bit of the bubbly. Wow. It's almost time to be popping now, right? A little bit of the bubbly. Here I am. A little bit of the bubbly. That's right. That's right, Scott. Where's the bubbly? <laughs> He's been talking about it. It's probably exploded in the freezer by now. It's been in there for over an hour. No, that shit was warm as fuck. That shit was warm as fuck. We're going to have... Is this, it. Who wants to open this? I don't know how to open this shit. Oh, what? What do you mean you don't know how to open this shit? Man, I just crack beers open. That's all I do. Peasy, I mean, it's your house. I don't want to spray champagne everywhere enough to clean it up. Let me see that oh, thing, yeah, we're going to set up tarps. I only know how to open that thing one style. Championship style. If it makes a mess, I didn't shake it. I don't know how to even open it champion style. You know? Not going to lie. You would think with all the bottle service I've had over the years... You know, I know something about that. Well, they open them for you. That's right. And they bring them over with sparklers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the sparklers. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I was living that Blink Ink life, baby. <laughs> My boy Blink would have come out here, yo, and just fucking. Oh, $300 surcharge for bottles. That's right. For sparklers. Oh, look, he's scared. He's scared to do it. I am releasing slowly to avoid issue. Listen, I got $1,000 worth of equipment sitting right in front of us. I'm expecting the cork to bounce off the microphone and then hit him in the head. I was thinking. Ooh. And your boy is Kang. Thank you. Thank you. King Louie. 
No, King Peasy. Get it right. And since Chris Jericho can have a little bit of the bubbly, I'm going to have a little bit of the bubbly. Frank's going to have a little bit of the bubbly. Scott's going to have a little bit of the bubbly. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. That's right. <laughs> what an episode this is turning into. Now Facebook Live's going to see us all out here drinking, you know, popping bottles of this the bubbly. episode sponsored by Corbell. And I'll take a little top off. How's that? The AEW champion. All right, let's cheers. All right. To the bubbly. Lightly. To the bubbly. To the bubbly. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. (laughs) (laughs) I almost lost it. Woo. Man, that was some shit. (laughs) I almost spit it out of my mouth. What the fuck is this shit? What is that? Show the camera, Frank. What is this? This (laughs) Corbell. You know? That's right. That's that $8 holler. $8 holler. Yeah. It wasn't on the bottom shelf. I'll tell you that. It wasn't on the bottom. No, this is good. This is kind of the best bottom shelf champagne they have. Listen, I'm not complaining. Listen, it was like at least third from the bottom. Well. Out of 10 shelves high. <laughs> Before we go any well, further. that's the about the score AEW uh, all out got for me. Three out of 10. That's right. Well, I have this big thing planned now for my match of the week. And then Scott came in and stole my thunder. Sorry. You know? But it's true. I, it means I agree you're, with you. You're not dropping it? Oh, you want to drop it? You want to drop dropping, it? You're not dropping your match of the week? That's right. PC's match of the week. With the best theme music out there today. You already know. If I had to pick any match from Raw... From SmackDown, from AW, from NXT, it's going to be NXT UK's Tyler Bates versus Walter for the NXT UK Championship. Oh, man, what a match that was. We've already discussed that. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a theme that is. <laughs> what a theme. That was, a, that was it. That was the match. I mean, we already talked about it, so I, I can't even go any further unless you got something you want to add to it, Scott. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't... Uh, uh, Samoa Joe and Ricochet this week. That wouldn't have been your match of the week. Wouldn't have been up there. Listen, they had good matches on Raw. They had some good matches. Raw was real solid this week. But it wasn't Tyler Bates and Walter solid because that shit was WrestleMania status. You know? Wrestle fucking mania. If you ask me, that was match of the week. You know what else happened this week that was great? The Bailey heel turn. Now, I thought this was going to be a touchy subject for the Scots. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say, but uh, I don't know. It's like we like we, I like to see Bailey get fired up, so it was good to see that different uh, range of emotion out of her. And the crowd lost it. I mean, when when she hit Becky with those chairs, that's why we're that's why I'm drinking Bailey's Irish cream right now. <laughs> he just, bust, <laughs> he just <laughs> threw up a barista of Bailey's Irish cream right now. He's sounding like moonshine on this show. With the Wolverine claws. <laughs> Still selling to the hard cam. No, <laughs> Such a Scott. Wait, am I supposed to be on this camera? No, you no, know. no. This that, one, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, the old turn was great. I thought Bailey needed it, and it, it really is going to make the rivalry versus Becky Lynch that more intense. Well, absolutely. You know, it's gonna it's great for the rivalry they're building, and for Bailey, in my opinion. Well, Bailey, I mean, needed. Yeah. Needed desperately the heat, the the change, a change in character. She was too cookie cutter. Right now, you know, 
What do you think was behind all this, though? Do you think that she's not going to really go anywhere, or do you think it's just for... Keep in mind, Clash of Champions, right? She's facing Charlotte, and where is it? It's in Charlotte. Yeah. So Charlotte's probably going to get the baby face pop that Of night. course. Well, well she then, should. then Ric Flair went off, and that's why she's pissed off. Maybe we just uncovered, you know, this whole story. <laughs> this is true. And now Charlotte's not getting the pop that night. And it yep, all ties you know? in together? Damn, yo. I can't believe this shit. So... If that were the case, that'd be an interesting point. I think Bailey is going to keep this for the long term. My problem, though, right, as good as the whole turn was. Mm-hmm. On Monday. Okay, I mean, they ended Raw great. They didn't let it linger. They, they just, a couple chair shots in, smiles, camera cuts, and they're off air. Leaving you to wonder what's going to happen Bailey on SmackDown. Bailey was still hitting her when they went off there. Right. Like, you know, old school style. You're right. You're right. You're right. The chair shots were still a swinging. Which is yep. great. I haven't seen that in like 15, 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. But then, guys, SmackDown comes. Tuesday night, I'm sitting down. I'm ready to go. They start off fucking uh, SmackDown. Bailey comes out. Old theme. Blow up fucking... Little gimmicks, you know, the big blow-up gimmicks that come out when she comes out to the ring, doing her point to the crowd and shit. What the fuck? She didn't even have a gear change, a look change, nothing. It was just Bailey. What were you expecting? Brood what version of Bailey? Was she going to come out all gothic? I was expecting at least a hairstyle change. Uh, get rid of the blow-up shits because that just screams baby face. I mean, that's that kills all, all the heat you had built up. You just killed off. They want to kill it off naturally, you know that. Maybe they should have cut the blow up things, but you can't just change your theme music. But you could tell crowd crowd didn't know how to act on Tuesday. Yeah, was, they didn't know whether to cheer or boo. There was a mixture of both. Um, in my head, this is this is exactly what would happen if like you know John Cena or Roman Reigns ever turned heel. It's like you know we want them to turn heel, we want them to turn heel, we want them to heel. They never do it, and then if when they do, what would have we done? We would have just we would have cheered, we would have booed. We but bro, she still had the same ponytail and everything. Yeah, the ponytail that has you could to have go. at least just changed your hair. Yes, should have your a straight hair pony down. instead of the side side ponytail. Or just so you had a straight back pony, really yeah. throw people off, you know. <laughs> a little, little anything, a little subtle change would have been. They gave us nothing. They gave us nothing. I agree. So now. After all this, and in my well, my opinion was a botched, you know, opportunity on SmackDown. Where can they go from here with the Bailey angle now that she's heel? What what are they going to do with her now? Drop the title to Charlotte, probably. <laughs> oh, don't say that, Scott. Why would they go through the trouble of doing this just to have her drop the title? I don't know. The only thing I can think of is going to set some sort of uh, horsewoman horsewoman match. Maybe Sasha and Bailey together against uh, Charlotte and Becky. Charlotte and Becky gonna somehow have to team up to finally bury the hatchet after you know being best friends. Perhaps. Well, they keep. We'll just have to wait and see. They keep hyping this. Uh, so we got two former best friend groups. Yeah, who know, are eventually probably gonna team up other. at Mania, right? Yeah, to face the the the, um, the UFC women. Correct. That would be. That would make a lot of sense. Because yeah. that's where I thought this was all gonna lead to. That's what all the all. And I'm not usually one to trust a Scott, you know. But all the Scots are all pointing, saying that this is going to be where they're going, you know. And while I'd only take it with a grain of salt, in my opinion, I think that would actually be a pretty solid uh, WrestleMania match. You know, Becky, Bailey, Char- um, Sasha, and Charlotte, 
Versus, it would have to be like elimination tag or yeah, Survivor Series style, like, you know? Ronda Rousey, ladder match. You know, Shayna Baszler, whatever the other two chicks are. Scott, who are they? Who you said? You said Baszler and Rousey? Yeah. Ba- ah, Baszler and Rousey? Yeah. Uh, uh, Jessamine Duke and, uh, uh, hold on, it's coming to me, Roderick Strong's wife. Uh, hold on, hold on, Marina Schaffer. Oh, my God. See, I would never have ever guessed never that. Guessed that. Never guessed that. And that's why we keep the Scott. The Scott <laughs> is the human data team. You know, anytime we need a fact check. Yeah, sometimes it takes a while for my brain to load, but I'll get it eventually. That's right. And if you want to try to stump the Scott, you know, make sure you uh, call in 860-384-7110. I mean, this guy's knowledge is impeccable. He proves it every week. Every week. Every week. I mean, I dare. I dare anyone out there who thinks they got what it takes that call in and try to stump the Scott. You know? Because you're not going to be able to. I don't care who you are. Wow, PZ's getting fired That's up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, a little bring too much up, of the bubbly. Nah, a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah, a little bit of the bubbly. And I was bit. all fired up. That's true. I'm always fired up when it comes to a little <laughs> bit of the bubbly. <laughs> oh, a little bit of the bubbly. That's right. That's a... That's it. A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the. A little, a little bit of the bubbly. And by, by the way, we, if you stump me, uh, we'll do some sort of prize or something. It might be an autographed bottle of the bubbly or something, but you know, we'll have something for you if you could stump Scott, me. That's right. He probably already has one autographed by Chris Jericho. Knowing the Scott, it's probably sitting there. Yeah, I left it on the counter at Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> wow. They'll probably be sponsoring the championship match. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know they're going to be the next one, right? You know, what kind of gimmicks are they going to use for Longhorn, though? Someone going to get impaled? Set of the horns? You know? Who knows? There's going to be horns. There's going to be slabs of meat. There's going to be, I don't know, what else? You know, hot pans, grilling pans. Maybe they got some biscuits. Biscuits. That's right, the biscuits. Let's go in the, the Fiend. I want to talk about the fiend for a little bit. We had Firefly Funhouse yeah. this week. Yeah, that and was it was funny. a great, yeah. great, great episode of the Funhouse. You know, it was awesome. I love how they put Vince as a little devil puppet. It's all he stuffed the money in his mouth, and then all of a sudden he's like, "All right," you know, his eyeballs yeah. light up for money, and that's all you got. Whenever do. the Vince puppet comes out, you know, oh. I fucking I light up. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? It's, it's a great. great. It's, it's great. great. It's great. I mean, I thought the Firefly Funhouse was really good this week. I liked the subtle hint with the, the little bird that had to help me sign and shit. Like, I thought that they were really played that off real nice. Like, you could see, like, little bits of Bray losing less, you know, more control every week, you know, which is great. Um, but he goes on and he makes this uh, announcement that he's going to face either Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman in Hell in a Cell at... Hell in a cell. So, so I wonder if that's really going to happen. I mean, if you saw what happened, right, initially it was a tweet from the arena where Hell in a Cell is going to be. They tweeted out, right, the, the, the arenas get, like, the pay-per-view whatever prediction. The posters and all yeah, that Yeah, they, they get that. It's not necessarily always accurate, but it's maybe the direction that the company is going in. But it's never, like, set in stone. And they decided to tweet out that Bray Wyatt would be facing the winner of Strowman and, and Rollins at Hell in a Cell, possibly in the cell, we assume in the cell, right? Of course. And um who knows? Who knows? Like and then and then I'm glad that they answered that in Firefly Funhouse, but um is is that somewhere they're still gonna go? Is is the fiend gonna be challenging for the title already at Hell in a Cell and is it too soon for the Fiend? That's that's yes that's it. I think he is gonna t- challenge and I it, think you know. and it's way it's not only too soon, it's not fucking necessary. This guy 
does not need a title to be over. He's already more over with that one SummerSlam moment than anyone else in the company. And right. you can argue with me any much as much as you want. And 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 the role he's going to be on, I don't see him losing. So if he does have that title match at Hell in a Cell, he's he's taking the title, right? He's got to win because if he loses, you ruined it. The only way I can see it not happen is if somehow it would be a triple threat match and it'd be the Fiend against Strowman and Rollins. That way you can save the Fiend, not get the title on him, and still have a conclusive match between you know Rollins and Strowman, whoever gets the pin. That would be stupid. Hey, well, it would be dumb. I mean, they either you know, if he's gonna fight for the title, it's gotta be. It can't be a triple threat. It should be a one on one. It should be, but a it's too soon. It's too soon. It's way too soon. Like this guy should be like, in my opinion, an attraction. Like, let him come out once in a while. Don't have him on every fucking raw. Don't have him fight every pay per view. That's kind of what they're doing now, though. He's not. He's not there all the time. But he's was he not at SummerSlam? He was at SummerSlam, but SummerSlam was what like. Four weeks ago? That was his first match. Ago. Okay. His and now we're on the next pay-per-view. But he's not... Well, the next pay-per-view is Clash of Champions. And? And he he's doesn't not have He's not going to be on the pay-per-view. What do you mean? He's going to be... You're right. 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 We're talking about Hell in a Cell. I know. He's on that good stuff. That's right. Yeah, they're lost. That's it. That's got to be the problem. But it's too soon, man. You know, they're probably... I think they're going to give it to him, though. I think they need to maintain... The mystique with this guy. Otherwise, if they lose what they got with him and they, they just overexpose it and then put him in situations that, like, don't make any sense, it's not going to – it's going to fade out like his character did first time, which was great when he debuted as Bray Wyatt originally. Right. And then they didn't know what the fuck to do with it, and then slowly but surely everyone stopped giving a shit. It's, he's kind of too good for the creative process <laughs> in my mind. But half of his character is the, the funhouse. You know, that's, like, really what draws me in. Yeah. Selfishly, I do want him on TV next week just because I'll be there. I want to experience The Fiend live. <laughs> of course you do, Scott. Well, there's going to be legends <laughs> in the building, and usually that's his uh, prey of late. So. I know. You got Stone Cold in the house. So you never the know. Fiend and Stone Cold. That'd be something. Can you imagine Stone Cold getting, uh, uh, you know. A little, oh, hell no. That's right. The Mandible Claw, a stunner, or maybe uh, The Fiend has a beer with him. That is not happening. <laughs> Fiend drinks blood. Um, is there still a little bit of bubbly left in that bottle? Yeah, man, there's bubbly. All right. You know, us be drinking some bubbly? Baron Corbin. This guy, week after We're week. Your servant. This guy, week after week, having amazing, amazing, you know, showcases. This guy's solid on the mic. This guy's solid in the ring. I've been saying literally since episode one to you, Frank, how much I love Baron He's Corbin. He's great. Well, what are you doing working the Sky mic over loves there? Corbin. God loves the, only the guy camera. I know that loves he's Corbin. Going, he's dreaming. Yeah, he's fucking. He's the DS you know. Over here oh, sucking Corbin's dick over here. Dude, first off, Scott. All right. No one's going to talk about sucking dick. All right. When you're the guy that knows where every single hotel the guys are working at, every single bar the guy, That's the boys true. are going to be at after the show where you can get your 8 by 10 signed. Listen, All right, hey guys, hey guys, Tuesday, I gotta, I gotta true. leave because it's gonna be a blizzard tomorrow. I'm gonna try to get you know snowed in with the, the roster <laughs> up in Hartford. <laughs> that's right, that's right. The blizzard. There's a blizzard coming. I'm gonna try to get snowed in with the workers. Guys, I'm hanging out with Paul Heyman. You're not gonna believe it. Oh my god. I bought him a green tea. Anyway, go ahead. Let's listen to you talk about Corbin. 
Corbin's the best heel they have hey, right now, man. He's great. <laughs> he is. But as much as I like uh, about Corbin, right, as much as I like Corbin, something's happening. And here's something I don't like. Did you guys, you guys watch Raw, right? Yeah. This guy had an epic match with Cedric. It was great. I mean, and that's fine. That's good. But the problem is he was so good that by the end of the match, when he won, people were actually popping on their feet, bro. Cheering for Baron. Little kids in the crowd, like hands up in the fucking air. Excited to see Baron Corbin catch a W. 45 days ago, he's getting booed out of the building. 45 days ago, me and you were the only ones in the studio talking about go home heat. Yeah, go you home know, heat. Corbin, yeah. go home heat. Yeah. You know? And now, this guy's catching the love from the audience, dude. I think they're real close to really fucking this up. But I think the, the why they're cheering is this whole king thing he's doing. Sitting on the throne. His promos have... You could say that. But he's, money. they're cheering his consistently consistency. This guy's matches and his promos are always good. I don't know. I feel like maybe they're cheering him. I don't know. I'm trying to make excuses over here, but I think maybe the crowd wasn't just too familiar with Cedric Alexander, and that's why they were cheering. Yeah, Corbin. I agree. That is a point. That's a valid Fucking point. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit on this. All right. I don't think that's the case. I'm telling you right now. 100%. Baron Corbin is on the verge of becoming a baby face. If you think so, but who, but right now, like his biggest feud seems to be with referee John Cone. <laughs> he's been feuding with him forever, right? Ever since the whole special referee thing, he's been feuding with uh, with Cone for like two months, and now all of a sudden he's expecting a buy, right? He's expecting a buy in the King of the Ring tournament when Samoa Joe and Ricochet pin themselves, right? Double pin, right? Right. Double pin. And John Cone says, "Oh, there's a ruling," and then says that. Both of them advance. When all of a sudden do they have instant replay in wrestling? It's Listen, it's wrestling, and you, they can do anything. They can do whatever they want. All of a sudden this week they had instant replay. I got to put that. Give me the headset. Right? I got to, you know, got to like call. an NFL referee. Yeah, I got to call the you know, headquarters. And I'm going to tell you right now, Corbin is not going to be, he's, he's, he's going to lose the triple threat next week, but he's not going to get pinned. It's going to be Ricochet. He's going to, like, pin Samoa Joe. That's my bull prediction. And it's going to be Ricochet and I think, uh... Who else is in the finals? Elias? It would be Elias, right? No, I think it's going to be your next king of the ring, King Gable. You think King Gable? If that's oh, the case, if, there if, we go. If Gable wins on SmackDown, which SmackDown happens after Raw, so this will determine everything. Dude, everyone knows SmackDown happens after Raw. If Corbin does win, <laughs> I mean, then I think it's going to be Corbin and Gable. But if it's Ricochet, I think it's going to be Ricochet and uh, Elias in the finals. Ricochet wow. and Elias. I could see Elias getting the win. See it going either way on the right side. On the left side, I think it's Corbin. But I'm telling you, Corbin's going to get screwed in that triple threat match. The refer- watch, referee of the match is going to be John Cone in that triple threat match. And Corbin's not going to be decided in the, in, the, in the fall. And that's where they'll go off with something What a there. fucking stupid waste. Yeah, man. that seems like a waste. A, a great talent to have him feud with a referee. Well, he can feud with the referee and the referee's son. You know who that is? Who's the referee's son? Nicholas. Remember Nicholas, former WWE? Oh, Raw God. Tag Team Come champion. on, really, Scott? I'm just saying. So now know. he's going to fight a 15 year old or however old Nicholas is now. <laughs> How old's Nicholas, Scott? Yes. Yeah, oh, is that a stump? Oh, wait a second. Oh, wait, I got him. I think you might have him. I want to say 11, but I don't know. Oh, uh, that's it. You don't know? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess 11. Maybe I'm right. I, I don't know. I think King Gable. I really thought King Corbin was going to be great, but I think the King Gable thing could really be 
It was huge. I did not expect him to be an Andrade. Me neither, and the but crowd didn't the expect match, it either. The match continued on, and halfway through, I was like, oh, shit. Dude, they were Cable's tearing it down. He's, he, he's legit. He's always been legit. Always, but he's They don't know size. what to do with him. But yeah, I but know it's the size. If they make fun of his size in promos like they've been doing, like they did with Samoa Joe. As soon as they did that with Samoa Joe on SmackDown, I literally was like, okay, this guy's got a chance tonight. Even uh, even uh, Zelina said to him, she said actually from one vertically challenged person to another. I couldn't believe she said that, but that's what she said to him. Vertically challenged person yeah. to another. Wow. So wow. we're gonna, we we're probably gonna have the smallest king in WWE history. Scott's calling Ricochet versus Gable. What's your, what's to, your thoughts, Frank? I might have to Frank? look up the height of uh, I don't know Owen Hart. I'm going Corbin Gable. Like I mean, I can't abandon Corbin. He's the guy that allowed me to chop both of you guys this evening. So I can't turn my back on him, even though I do not have him winning going into the final. I'm going to go. You think it's Corbin Gable? Corbin I mean, Gable. It, that's, that's what I think it's going to be if it's not Elias and... You said Elias. What did I say? Elias and Ricochet. You said, you said the complete opposite. No, Which, either, of course. It's either uh, Elias and Ricochet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Gable Gable what do you got? I would have to say, I think Gable's going to make it to the finals. You know, I really wanted. I really think Gable's going to be the man to go. I think he's undeniable. After even if it was written in, I think they have to change it now because they're telling a story that could put this guy over in a way that no other storyline could do. They've been telling it since before, since he even had his first round match, right? So you got to think they're going to roll with it all the way now. I mean, think about it with Gable. He's he's really for his WWE career. He's just been known as a tag team wrestler, right? He had the run with Jordan. He had the run with uh, Benjamin. He had the run with uh, Rude. Rude. But he's had nothing as a singles competitor. I think he tried, like, a cup of coffee on 205 Live. But yeah. then all of a sudden, boom, he's in the he's in the King of the Ring tournament. But on all Why those teams, he met you. doing something huge Out of them? all those teams he mentioned, you just mentioned, he for me, he was the best wrestler oh, on was. that team. He's got a ton of charisma. He's great. He, he, I, honest to God, I think that's the reason why uh, he, he got Jason Jordan elevated. Because uh, Jason Jordan was in NXT for a while. Yeah, yeah but he, he was mediocre. Gable. I mean, he, fucking Gable carried that team. He I'm not carried every single team Jordan. he's been on. And it's exactly my point. This guy is definitely King of the Ring worthy. You know? I, I, that's just the bottom line. Now, you know what I want to know? That's the question I got for Frank. Who in the blue hell is your top five? Frank Knox top five. 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 That's right. Frank Knox's top five. Frank, who you got for us this week, baby? Oh, PZ Scott. I switched it up this week. Oh, boy. I got a couple new entries, a couple first-time evers here. Now I'm going to start at number five, the entire original club, only club that matters, the OC. At number four... I got Scott's favorite girl, Bailey's Cream. Bailey at number four. Number three, Seth Rollins. Okay. At number two, for the first time ever, an NXT UK superstar, I got Walter. And at number one, 
the man of the hour. Who's it going to be? The man of the hour, PZ. None other than Chris Jericho, baby. Now let's drink some bubbly. You want to say let the bodies hit the floor? I would say let the The bubbly hit the floor. There's nothing left, is it? Let the bubbly hit the floor. The bubbly hit the floor. floor. All right. (laughs) Damn. Is that the first ever AEW star in your top five? It is. First ever. First ever. First time. Jericho at number one. Number one. And it was the man of the week. It really is. The bubbly made the uh, AEW title hit the floor. I mean, it's right. But Jericho <laughs> has been under a little bit of uh, discretion lately. Jericho is all the rage of the internet right now. This I mean, this, this episode's been sponsored by the mishap of Chris Jericho. This is true. Chris Jericho, who <laughs> just win, just won the AEW World Heavyweight Championship on Saturday All Out. Decides he's going to hop in a limo and take his ass to the Longhorn Steakhouse. And upon doing so, he lost the AEW Heavyweight Championship title belt. It's insane. He lost it completely, 100%. Title was gone. They had to report it to the police. Smells like a work, right? It's been all over. It's... It's not a work, Scott. But it's it smells like work. Till you it saw is a work. police report. How, why do you think it's a work? Everything in wrestling is a it's work. Every, I mean, dude, he cut the promo with the bubbly and the cheap uh, Walmart cheese and pepperoni platter in the back. No one was giving him respect. He was like, oh, at least that's when the bubbly started. Oh, a little bit of the See? bubbly. The bubbly. <laughs> and then they continued it. Saying he went to Longhorn, who's going to be the next sponsor of the heavyweight <laughs> championship match. Yeah, you might be right. You might be onto something. And then when he loses the title, how do we find out? He's in his hot tub with a scarf around his neck, drinking bubbly again. Go figure. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, you know what? I don't think it's a work. All right? I think it's a shoot that they had to turn into a work to get the heat off that. I, I think they did turn into a work for sure. You know? That's what I think. But yeah. honestly, like, I mean, WWE will probably say, like, oh, something like this would never happen at our company, right? But I don't know. This is uh, this is bringing a lot of mainstream attention, or at least close to mainstream attention. This I feel is like. AEW's version of, like, who tried to kill Roman Reigns, who stole Chris Jericho's belt. This is true. And we're probably going to have a story about this. That's going to probably will it go as long as the Reigns situation. We better find <laughs> out on the first show, or I'm not tuning into the second. Come on. Listen, so all week everyone's been clowning on him. Chris Jericho's been cutting great promos, though. You know, talking about they got the he's got the best PIs in the business. You know, if you listen to our beginning of the show, you heard Chris Jericho talking about he's got the best PIs in the business. You know, and then they find the AEW championship, the Tallahassee, uh, the police, police department. department. Yeah. They found they the took a picture, picture of it with the guy holding it up, tweeted That's it, and then right. deleted it. Yeah. And, then Jericho, and then deleted the tweet. And then Jericho talks about that in his promo that he cuts online. Oh, Which no. Tries-ism. I'm telling you right now. 
It was amazing. Chris Jericho sitting in the chair, got his title on there, and he starts talking about it. Police, find it, take a picture, tweet it, take it down. Dude, it's the funniest shit. Well, let's hear I'm the promo. You. And you think it's legit. And less Easy than 24 it's hours after I launched a worldwide investigation to find <laughs> my missing championship title, it's been returned to me. And it's not because of any law enforcement agency that was too busy with posting pictures on Twitter and then deleting them and then posting them again or a funny Work. meme or a clever gif. It's because of me. Clever gif. It's because I put the fear of God into the hearts of those who robbed me, who committed grand larceny. <laughs> I told you I hired the best professional private investigators in the world today. That's right. The best of money can buy. As a result, I got back the most coveted prize in professional wrestling today. That's right. The most coveted prize <laughs> in the world, period. Worth more than Marcellus Wallace's briefcase. It's more <laughs> valuable than Han Solo dipped in carbonite. More critically revered than the Ark of the Covenant. The AEW <laughs> Championship title is back where it belongs. Over the shoulder of Le Champion. Le Champion! <laughs> I love when he, he plays the, the champion. You know? He is. He's French-Canadian. <laughs> Jargo could turn anything. But yeah, it's a great work, and it's going to be uh, great to see what's happening. Good. There's no way it's not a work. The guy's a 30-year-old professional. He's not going to... Drink bubbly by himself after losing. Well, He'll eat steak by himself after losing. And then announce it drunk in a hot tub the morning after when he's losing. They had to. Great. They had no. to. Otherwise, AEW would have cost so much. He's a so professional. 30 years. Been a no, all over they, the world. He's, he's, he's a drunk. Do you think he was eating alone he's, he's and drinking drunk. alone that night? No. You think he was eating alone and drinking alone he that night? He needs to be Chris hanging Jericho, out with AA and Moonshine. The star of the show. I'm telling you. I'm the, telling you. What do you think, Scott? The star of the show. You think he's eating and drinking alone at the end of on Saturday night? Probably not. That's why he sent the limo driver back out, right? He didn't want to leave his company. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. That's Frank Knox, and that's the top five, baby. This is the one above all. Your also play world champion and the sole CGW world tag And you're tuned into another episode of To Be Blunt with Pete. And not only this time, oh, we're going to be in this Buffalo, baby, for TV Davis. We're going national. We're going worldwide. That's Stop right. You people. Bill Alfonso, you. part two, coming, coming up. Coming up. Worldwide. Are you hype or what? I'm hype. I'm hype. Dude, I'm hype, baby. I'm hype. Can't wait to hear it. Dan. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. <laughs> Mr. 4-2-0. Oh my God! What an episode it has been. Two yeah, blood great, podcast. Man. It's been man. great hanging out with you guys, talking wrestling, having all kinds of fun. You having know? fun, having laughs. It's the truth. It's the truth. I haven't had this much fun, and I couldn't tell you how long. I mean, you know? Bill Alfonso is legendary. Scott opened the Broken Skull IPA, and he didn't even announce it. Hey, Give us some? a review. Some some Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. Sorry, right, man. You drinking the broken skull? You want to try some? Pieces? Oh hell yeah! Would you drink some? Because the Scott said so. Broken skull IPA, huh? Yeah, Bill Alfonso. The um, interview's coming up in just mere minutes. Second part. He's going to be talking all things ECW. 
It's going to be amazing. I mean, was, he managed, you know, Taz, Rob Van Dam, Sabu. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody. The guy is literally, but he's done it all. He's done it all, done and it he's going to be getting part two of the interview, and I literally cannot wait. And we're, wait. and we're, you know, happy that you guys listen. We hope you subscribe and continue to listen to the 2B Blunt podcast. Yeah, subscribe and review our podcast review online. And Very important. We're going to have more know. things coming up. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be... Make sure you epic. check us on, you know, on all our social media also, you know. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What's the name? 2B Blunt Podcast, man, number two. Two! two. That's right. But you know what, Frank? I got to talk to you about something, man. You know, I'm going to be heading out soon in a month. I got the, the mini honeymoon coming up. The mini moon. The oh. mini moon, as my boss likes to call it. And you're going to Disney? Oh, no, Universal. I'm going to Universal. That'll hit Marco Island. Here's the problem, though. I got to fucking fly. Yeah. I got to fly. Scott, I hate flying. I don't like heights. I get anxiety. That's why you never go to the top rope, huh? That's right. You ever seen me go to the top rope? Can't say I have. Never once. Uh-uh. Never once. I've tried. I've tried. And I'll tell you what. I get too cra- it's too much. It's too much, man. I don't like it. And now I got to go fly, you know, three hours to get to fucking Florida. You know, and I'm going to be all nervous. I hate it. I get the worst anxiety. I always got to worry about landing and trying to find weed on top of it because, you know, they don't allow that shit on the planes. So I got to get anxiety the whole flight. And then I got to land. I'm like, where am I going to find some weed now? Because I couldn't bring it on the plane. I mean, I could bring a cartridge or something, but the but fuck. you can't smoke it on there. No. You know what I'm saying? You can't smoke your cart on the plane because if you do, even though it's vaporizer, it still has, like, a pretty strong pot aroma to it. Yeah. It just comes and goes quickly. It's a giant inconvenience is yeah. what it is. It's a giant inconvenience. You know? I hear you, man. I used to be like that, but I just learned to overcome it, I guess, over the years. Not me, bro. I wish I could just bring my weed on the plane and sit there and just smoke when I start getting all crazy, you know? I usually, Jameson usually helps me out on the plane. Okay. <laughs> you know, Jameson on a plane, it, you know, before I get on the plane, True. No, I don't want Bailey's. You got the rest of my Irish Bailey's cream. Irish cream. If you I don't want. want any more Bailey's. But yeah, man, I got, I got, I I got what I want right here. That's a little bit of the bubbly. You know what I mean? But I wished like there was a company that would provide you with like a plane that you could literally opt to take that would have weed and let you smoke in it. And, you know, uh, it, I feel like a lot of people who have bad anxiety and shit like that would benefit from this. No? Of course, You man. know? Like, if I had an option between a regular plane and a smoker's plane, you know? You know, I'd rather go fly high. Well, maybe I could give you an edible or something. It's a. I think we should be able to fly high, but I could give you some edibles. You ed- could fly high. This is true. This is true. But imagine if you could actually buy a ticket onto a plane and smoke all the weed you want. You know what I hate about flying? Everything. The takeoff, the landing... The anticipation mixed with anxiety. Me too. Sometimes I feel like I'm crawling in my own skin. Let me guess. You probably down a few drinks before getting on the plane and then pop a Xanax maybe, right? <laughs> a few drinks? Yeah, right. But what if I told you there was a way to fly comfortably? I would love to fly that way. What if I told you that you could fly and be relaxed all at the same time without the use of pills or alcohol? Really? How? Tell me more. You need to simply fly high. We bring you Fly High Personal Aircraft Service. 
Rent one of our many luxury planes and be prepared to fly in style. Our fleet comes pre-stocked with large variety of cannabis and smoking supplies. All of our flight attendants are cannabis experts. Just let them know what you want and they'll bring it to you rolled and ready to smoke. We even provide a dab bar loaded with more concentrates than you'll know what to do with. So take a seat in our memory foam seats, spark up a fatty, and get ready to literally be in the clouds. Flying High Personal Aircraft Service, we take you to the clouds. That's right, 2B Blunt Podcast. Flying high, baby. They'll take you right into the clouds. Man, that's great, dude. I, I need to get on that plane. I know. Well, I'm on another plane you right now. You know who took some people to the clouds is Bill Alfonso, man. That's right. He took them to the top. <laughs> that's right, baby. The top. The top. And why don't we get into part two of our interview with Bill Alfonso right here on the 2B Blunt Podcast. I'm glad you brought up the ECW because I kind of want to move towards that next, if that's all right. I uh, love ECW. I, who doesn't I love Extreme Championship Wrestling? You know, yeah, and that was Daddy. like uh, that was a, a big time for you because you also made a transition from being a referee to doing the manager gig. But how did you? You came in with uh, Shane with Shane Douglas had the belt, right? And you were going to be like this troubleshooting referee, where like. In you a, guys want to hear the story? Yeah, give me the story. All right. I had met Paul Heyman in Florida in the 80s. I worked for Florida Championship Wrestling. I was their number one referee. I was assistant booker. I was in the office in Florida Wrestling. So Paul Heyman came down uh, with a, a wrestler named Tombstone. This guy was jacked, nice body, but back then it was territories, and he would only come for three months at a time, six months at a time, then go to the next territory. But right. Paul Heyman came down from wherever he was from New York with this wrestler named Tombstone to wrestle for Florida Championship Wrestling for four months and then move on. So I was assistant booker. Bob Rick was the booker. So, uh, you know, the guy would wrestle, Tombstone would wrestle every night, and Paul would not be, he wasn't in the business. He was just in a dressing room hanging out. He was a photographer or something before, you know. Right. He loved the business. So, so now it's time for Tombstone to leave. He's been there four months, and now he's leaving. So Paul's been with him the whole four months. So Paul comes up to me in my room and says, hey, look, Tombstone's leaving in four weeks. He's going back to Minnesota or whatever. He says, you think I can go to the ring with him and be his manager the last four weeks he's here? And uh, me and my room looked at each other. He's a nice, pleasant, humble kid. You know what I mean? He's my yep. age, a little bit younger. And he, I says, uh, hey, you know, you're wearing a pair of jeans with holes in them and a pair of old Converse and a T-shirt. Can you can come up with a suit? I didn't know his father was a fucking millionaire, a big-time lawyer in fucking Westchester <laughs> County in New York, the most expensive real estate on the planet. Damn. Uh, they said, oh, yeah, I can come. I can get a suit. So I said, okay, get it again. So he comes with a suit and a fucking cell phone, not a cell phone, like a cordless phone, big fucking Right, right, right. The old school ones. Like the one that comes in the briefcase. Yeah, not a cell phone. (laughs) Acting like he wished it was a fucking cell phone. So he came and and did that for, you know, the four weeks went went to the ring with Tombstone and, you know, did his thing and then they left. I didn't see him for a couple of years and I go to WCW. And there's Paul Heyman in WCW. Hey, Fonzie, now he's a big star. He's uh, Paulie Dangerous. He's a WCW. He's a big star. He's wrestling, managing all these people and whatever. So we were hit it all. You know, we were good friends all these years, you know. Right. So I, I go to WWF and Paul goes wherever. 
So I go to the WWF and I finish there and as a 94 or whatever. So I go home and this is the first time I got off in like almost 16 years. I've been working full time, literally oh, wow. seven days a week, uh, you know, Just on the year road. after year, no days off. That's right. Literally a few days off. Uh, so I said, man, I'm enjoying my days off, but it takes you a long time to unwind off of that road. So I'm cutting, I got 10 acres and 50 orange trees on the lake. I'm cutting the fucking uh, uh, grass on the tractor and the phone rings. It's Paul Heyman. Hey, Fonzie, how you doing? Oh, yeah, bullshit. And I said, why, why are you calling, Paul? He says, look, I got this little company in Philly. It's called ECW. I said, what the fuck's an ECW? Because I had just come off of major companies, you know, Japan. Uh, WWF, WCW, for you know, I've been a fucking big, big player. Right. He says, oh, this is a little company. We're trying to get it started. We're doing pretty good. He says, you're not with Vince right now. He says, can you come up? And we got this little angle we're going to work with. You come up for four weeks and boom, 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 and I'll pay you good. Pay you. Don't worry. I said, okay. So I love Paul. So I said, hell yeah. So I came up, and it was established, underground, hardcore ECW. And I go in there with my bow tie. Uh, blue shirt, <laughs> and people, they they were they were smart marks. They knew they knew who I was. I just left WWF, right? And and I tried to establish all those family entertainment rules. They wanted to kill me, brother. The ones, they've been waiting for this Taipei Taipei death match between Ian Rotten and Axelrod. They've been waiting for this. This where they dip their hands and t- t- tape their hands up, dip it in glue, and then dip it in glass. And then fight each other. Taipei Deathmatch. Gee, so, now that's extreme. They've been waiting for the fans. Been waiting for this match for six months. Never, you know. So the first little thing in blood, I stopped the match immediately. So the match out, disqualified. Like uh, you can't <laughs> see it. It's on YouTube and shit. Yeah, all the people want the fucking money. Tell you. So, Oh my God! Uh, they want. I was supposed to get choke slammed by nine one one and then split. You know, four weeks. That was his gimmick, choke slam. So, but the gimmick got over so good. Paulie was real careful with it as he seen it was progressing and doing well. That there was no way he was going to send me home. I was the hottest bad guy in the business. You know, pound for pound, company for company. ECW was going places, but they were small at it. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But this is just as big as a different uh, as WWF and WCW, but a smaller scale, you know. Uh, so the gimmick got over so good. Paul and Heyman said, "Hey, Fonzie, we're gonna keep you. We're gonna put you with Taz, this and that." And I said, "Okay." So it was there five years. I was supposed to come in for four weeks and stay in five years and loved every minute of it. That's you had a lot of different roles and, too in ECW. Then after you left, you started leading uh, Taz as his manager. To that undefeated yeah, switch with Taz. Yeah, was with Taz for quite a while, and then uh, the first pay per view, I switched uh, Van Dam and Sabu, and had another. And all the my positions were top main event positions. I was never in the first match. I was always really right on top, you know. So it was really lucky for me. How so did you come up great. with the uh, like the idea for your the character with the coming out with the whistle and everything? Like you, it was I mean the drastic change from the blue shirt and black bow tie. You know, like, what made you think of this character? I don't know. It just went on. As time went by, 
I start adding shit to it. So if you remember when I went with when I came in, I was a referee, so I wore. I thought it'd be natural for me to get heat wearing the blue shirt and the bow tie like Vince. Right, which was great. So that got heat. <laughs> the heat then I went with Taz, and he was orange and black, so I wore an orange shirt. I had Taz's name put on it. You know. Yeah. So yep. I thought that was. Good. Then I got more and more, you know, started adding shit, adding, the, you know, the hats and the whistles and the bow tie and all that. So it just progressed. And that character is kind you know, guys tend to get over when they're not trying to be somebody they're not. Like Taz, before Taz became Taz, he was like uh, Tasmania, Monkey Boy. That's Ace right. Boy. Yeah, they had him wearing the full sing- they, the f- singlet they, with the fur and, and everything. Never got over. Never got over. That was terrible. So when, he became, when him and I hooked up and he became Taz, he became himself, but you add a little into it, add, you know. So I'm Fonz, I'm Bill Alfonso Fonzi for real, but I add about 30% more funk to it, and that's how I created that character. Because that's that kind of is- me. I'm kind of hyper anyway, and, you know, kind of bullshit, you know. But if you add a little more to it, it pisses people off and shit. What was it like working with Taz? I mean, that was Taz your that was, was your first managing gig. Like, how was how was that transition, and how uh, how was it like? What was it like working and you know with Taz closely? I think it worked out good because the transition. If I didn't make a good transition, shame on me because I had been trained all my career by the best possible talent in the business, from Dusty to the Funks to Eddie Ramps, to Vince McMahon, all these guys I had been working so for. The for best minds you so could have. I knew. I exactly, and I knew every aspect of the business from putting the matches together to advertising to how to do the finishes, who went through all that. So it would be a natural progression for me to be manager, but it's not so easy. Easier said than done. But um, because I had never, I hadn't done too many promos as a referee. I had done maybe a couple from one or two promos every couple of years. I might say, oh, this guy. He got thrown over the top rope, so he's disqualified, and therefore the belt goes back to Harley Race and Barry Windham, and bam, bam, bam. That didn't happen too much. So I didn't do interviews. That's but your promos were so money, man. I'm literally laughing right. to myself thinking back to all the great promos you'd cut backstage with Sabu and RVD, and you were just so over the top in your face. It was amazing. And I'm, just, I'm laughing to myself right now thinking about it. So that's what happened. Thanks for saying that. Thank you very much. That means a lot coming from you guys. You guys have got podcasts that are popular. Um, I didn't really know how to do a promo that way, even though I've been around the business for 20-something years and seen promos every night of my career. I couldn't spit them out that well. So Tommy Dreamer for me aside, says, Fonzie, here's what you do in a promo. You treat it like a shoot. Treat it like it's real. And the promos would flow. So so if you tell me to say, hey, uh, Fonzie, uh, this is Frank, and uh, uh, can you do a promo for me to plug my podcast and all that? Here's what to say and all that. I might stumble a little bit. But if I just do it naturally, like uh, say, hey, Daddy, it's going to be Frank, Easy Peasy, and Fonzie next Tuesday night, Daddy, podcast, seven o'clock, at the time, get it comes easier. I just tell Say what I'm going to do instead of trying to. So that's what happened. That's how all those good promos came about. I was just a natural at it. They used to call me One Take Fonzie. They still <laughs> one do. Take Fonzie. That's great. I swear. 
Because if I fucked up, it was okay. Because you know, I'd spit on myself. You know what I mean? All kind of shit. Yeah, because you know you'd be I mean? super hype in those promos, bro. Super hype. Yeah, that was the character. That's what got over. If I didn't do that, I would. You know, we wouldn't be talking today, probably. That was the best, though. I loved it. I loved it. I loved when you went and you started and you aligned yourself with the Sabu. I thought that was the real yeah, point where, yeah, I mean, that was like the greatest turn. And uh, when you aligned yourself with Sabu, it was just like, it was great because you got to do actually a little more uh, being the mouth, you know? Yes. Yes. Thank which you I think helped get Sabu over even more, which not to say he wasn't an incredible worker because he was. But you helped connect him uh, to the he, audience. He and elevated Sabu to a whole nother whole level. Whole nother level. Whole nother level. You know who didn't need Oh, yeah, it was good. Because Sabu didn't talk. He very rarely said a word. You know, he grunted. His work he was talking. He was a great work. He was, Sabu was ahead of his time. He was a really, really uh, the innovator of the hardcore tables and all that shit. You know, brought it from Japan or wherever he got it. But he's really badass, Sabu. Oh yeah, yeah and Vince <laughs> loved, Vince's son. Vince's son Shane loved ECW. That's when Vince started doing some ECW stuff. He said, "Man, Dad, this stuff is great, man." And so they started doing some tables and shit, and then they start our talent started going over to Vince. You know, that's right. You had ECW a few Raws was. where the ECW guys were on TV. Oh yeah, oh yeah, a big crossover they had big- going on. Yeah. Nice Vince work, Paul. Us. He ended up letting us, yeah, he lent us a lot of money to keep going. Vince liked us because we were a uh, uh, good competition for him. And plus, we were like a farm school for him. Anytime our guys would get over, all he had to do was offer them a contract and they would jump ship from ECW to WWE. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. now you were working with Sabu, and then you start working also with Rob Van Dam, who. We love hearing oh, the To Be Blunt yeah. podcast because we're huge stoners. <laughs> you know? Oh, good for you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Danny. I hang out with RBD. I hang out with RBD, don't I? That's oh, right. Yeah, you know? Right. I mean, Mr. 420, the smoked out superstar. We, yeah, he, he was so high, he went to Monday Night Raw instead of TNA. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He Just showed up dead. on Raw so bliss. He didn't know where he was. He had full gear and everything. He thought it was at DNA. Yeah. Dude, it was the greatest thing. I love oh, I love RVD. I mean, his promos I, backstage. I remember some of the old ECW ones where he'd just be smoked out. You'd have a little smoke in the background of the camera. RVD sits there. Yeah. Eyes are just slits. And he's like, yeah, man, it's all cool. I'm Mr. 420. <laughs> Yeah, he was in the background blowing the whistle. <laughs> oh my god. And he's a hell of an athlete. He's a really tough guy. He's a badass. Nobody does a five star frog class like RBD. Oh, Nobody. hell no. Hell no. He's still in tr- yeah. uh, great shape, too. too. I know. I mean, What's well, that? Well, RBD, I mean, he's still, you know, in great shape. Great shape. He can yeah. still work to oh, this day. Yeah. You, you know? know why he's in such good shape? Is because he stretched before all his matches. He, it was he stretched. He, it was a cardinal rule. He really believed in it. it's really good for your body to really stretch, stretch, stretch before your matches and get warmed up and stretch, stretch, stretch. Well, that's and how you avoid injury. I tell all these young guys, tell all these young guys to stretch, man. 
It's true. I mean, RVD had minimal injuries throughout his careers, you know, with exception of like concussions and whatnot. But like, he kept really good care of himself, and it showed. You know, it showed. The guy was like an elastic. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. But you're yeah, on the road. Are you great. traveling with RVD and Sabu at that time? Yeah. Yeah. If you're working every night together, you're traveling with the guys. If I'm working with Jazz, I'm gonna be traveling with Jazz. I'm working with John Michaels. I'll be traveling with you know that's how the guys do. Of course, do. of course, yeah, of course. So yeah, I was traveling with RVD and and Sabu. Uh, that's for sure. You got to have some good stories for us for that one. You got to have something oh, because I can God. only imagine what that was like. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, uh, there's so many stories, but you know they would smoke twenty four seven. Van Dam would smoke a joint before he goes to the ring. I can't do that. Come on. Once in a while, I might take a hit. No, I, I can't really enjoy, the, you know, smoking and going and doing, you know, in front of 5,000 people or whatever. You know, just, I found it, but I did a few times. But anyway, uh, those guys would smoke. So I would take a hit. You know, they would be passing the joint back and forth. And here's Fonzie, take a copy so we don't think you're a police, man. You know, so I would have to hit it one time so they don't think I was a cop. That's you know? great. They had to make sure you weren't snitching. Well, they would notice the cop hit, yeah. Here, Bonzi, you take the hit. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. How did Funny. how did you end up on the High Times cover? Well, you know, Van Damme's a big advocate for marijuana. Which we appreciate here. For years, lived in California. He loves all the good Pacaloro, you know, all the real country. He's a country store. So he likes all the good smoke, so. You know, High Times Magazine caught wind of it. Said, hey, there's this big advocate, big marijuana guy, Rob Van Dam, and he's got 420 on his pants, and, you know, talks about it. And, you know, he's a professional wrestler. He's on national TV, uh, California. Smokes about let's let's uh, do a shoot. Let's do a centerfold shoot in the magazine. So they came to Philly. Their, their, their uh, production company and the publishing company was in New York City. So Philly was, you know, this is a hour and 45, two-hour drive for him. So they made arrangements with Van Damme, and Van Damme said, hey, finally, we're going to do a shoot. They're going to use you and Sabu and a lot of the pictures and, you know, do a big thing on me. But, you know, you guys are part of me. So so they came, like, six or seven high-times people, staff, production, all kinds. They came into a big room in the ECW arena, uh, locked, put it on lockdown, one big room, and it was like, Four photographers. I mean, it was a big production, but that's a you know multi-billion billion dollar company, right? Uh, and they, they bring tons, a of weed, of yeah. tons of weed, yeah, tons of Oh, they brought all kind of weed, and we took pictures with all kind of different weeds. At the end of the shoot, they must have took two hundred pictures, you know, in, in a matter of you know two hours or whatever. It was a job, man. And they gave us all. So uh, now the real question they, they is: When the shoot's over, do they let you keep the weed? <laughs> that's right. I want to know. <laughs> no, they. They gave us all ounce of pot. Wow! Uh, that night, yeah, gave us all an ounce of pot. Beautiful. It was High Times Magazine pot, the best shit in the world. Of course, yeah. that's amazing. Pot, it was great. And they sent us fucking, you know, a, a couple cases of magazines each one of us, and you know, we're real, really cool about it and everything. And plus all the publicity we got. Yeah, Frank, we got to find a way to get a photo, you know, a photo, you know, a little photo shoot with those guys at high time so we can get a couple ounces for ourselves. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, that would be great. Now, now you're thinking. That's, that would be uh, pretty awesome. Um, Let's see here. I got to ask you. There was an incident I want to ask about. I mean, if it's too touchy subject, just tell me we'll cut the whole thing out. 
But I had seen right. I had seen rumor. I mean, this might be nothing, but I've seen rumor that you uh, had gotten sued at one point by Missy Hyatt for damaging her Porsche. Yeah, you want to hear the story? Yeah, what the hell's up with that? Okay, so <laughs> I had been friends with Missy for years. WCW, ECW, all kind of shit. So uh, I live in Tampa Bay. I always have, always do. I love Tampa Bay. So Missy moves down to Tampa. You know, she gets a nice apartment. She's all good. She's out. She got money. I didn't know she moved to Tampa. So she calls me up and says, hey, finally, guess what? I just got a condo in Tampa. And, you know, I want you to come see me and hang out and all kinds of shit. We've been friends for years. I love this guy. Plus, he was good looking back <laughs> back in the day, right? That's right. Of course. Big, kids, big lips, fucking, you know, big blonde, blue eyes, and all that beautiful girl. So, uh, so me and her hung out every now and then. But so as time goes by, you know, six months goes by, she's uh, headlining like at a strip club or something. You know, she's out of the business, kind of. She's like a featured stripper at a club or something. Wow. So she starts dating the manager of the club. Of she course they do. That's the Dowhouse or whatever. So uh, they would always fight and break. And so she'd call me. She called me like on a Monday. She said, oh, she was crying. She said, oh, Fonzie, I broke up with my boyfriend. He's a manager of the strip club. Uh, he's treating me like a stripper. I said, Missy, you are a stripper, kind of. Give it a real. So, yeah. But, oh, he broke up with me. So can I come to see you? So she'd come, would go have dinner, have a couple of drinks, hang out, sit. Then the next day, she called me and said, oh, guess what? We're, we made up and there's no big deal. So this went on about four or five times. She'd call me, say, oh, I broke up with my boyfriend again. And then the next day she'd be back with him. But I'd go to dinner with her every time. But, you know, so the last time, this is about the fourth or fifth time, she calls me up. I'm at my house. She says, hey, Fonzie, I, he did it again. He treated me like shit. I broke up with him. <laughs> Come on, you want to go to, you want to go to his lunch? This is the daytime. Oh, God. I said, Oh, she says, I'm in your driveway. So I look out the window and she is in my driveway. She just had bought a brand new white Porsche. Beautiful. I had a Porsche white, same as she did, the same time. So I come oh. out to the car. She says, Fonzie, you drive because I'm too nervous. And she I said, okay, you know. So I go, we're going to the restaurant, go have a couple of cocktails and have a nice lunch. So, and of course, we got insurance, no problem. The car gets towed away. We get a rented car. So three days later, Missy calls me. He says, Fonzie, guess what? I said, what? She said, my agent, she had an agent. Uh, my agent said, there's an opening on Judge Mathis. Somebody had canceled. And you got to wait weeks to get in there to do a shoot. Because, you know, they, they do this months in advance. Right. Somebody canceled. She says, my agent can get us in there. What they would do is, you know, there's a deductible on the on the floors for the wreck, whatever, a thousand, whatever it was, 500, whatever it was. Then you can pay it, or I can pay it, or does Matthews can pay it. We're going to go to court and be on his show. It's a work anyway. So they're going to fly us up uh, to wow. Chicago from Tampa, put us in a five-star hotel, give us a per diem, give us a talent fee, <laughs> and pay whatever she sues me for. What? will pay that. Nice. That's all. So I said, okay, I'll do that. So the next day, 
three days after the record floors, we're flying to fucking Chicago to just match. It's pretty cool. So right. We get up there, and we do the thing. We have five producers come in and talk and say, look, the shows, the three shows before you guys have been shitty. The judge is really pissed off because we haven't had a home run yet. I said, don't worry. I said, look at that girl over there. Uh, we're both pro wrestling. We both know how to work TV and this and that. So we were great. We were like, the judge loved it. He liked Mitchie so good because she looked like a stripper. Big tits, <laughs> big eyes, big lips. He gave, oh he gave her the card. He said, hey, call, call me after the fucking thing and, you know, we're going to hook up. But she didn't. But, you know, so... Oh, they awarded Missy high at the lobby right. because they said I was driving. I hit somebody from behind. But uh, and at the end, you know how the two uh, plaintiffs walk out of the courtroom and stop and talk to the guy. And he says, well, what do you think about getting beaten in court? Yeah, yeah, Remember yeah. That, you know that part? Yep. And I said, and Missy was standing right next to me. The guy's in the middle, the, the commentator guy. And I said, well, I said, uh, I was afraid because. Missy Hyatt has two big assets I don't have, and that's why she won the case. And Doug loved her. And, you know, we got a big pop when we went off the air. So it was pretty cool. I got a lot of people calling me. It's on YouTube right now. Yeah, oh, definitely. Have to check that out. That's funny. That's amazing. I thought it's here I am the whole time. I yeah. thought this was – I was kidding. Work. I got worked, God got damn worked. it. I got yeah. worked. It's a big work. Even the, the whole thing is like wrestling, brother. They set it up. You know, all those – like Jerry Springer, all those shows, it's all the work, 100%. My God. See? Fonzie, I got a question. I, I got to know, do you still have yes. the whistle? Yes, brother. I just went to Cleveland, and that's what the promoter said. Fonzie, you bring it to us? I said, hell yeah, that's my gimmick, daddy. Is, that, <laughs> is it the original whistle? <laughs> no, I've been to uh, many, many, many whistles. I'll they see. go bad, you give them away, or they get broken or whatever. True. I buy a new one every now and then, but I buy a good one. Hey, I'm coming out with a line of whistles. No. It's going to have – okay, listen to this. So you know how, like, when you buy an action figure, it's in the piece of cardboard with plastic over, and there's action figures in a little box. Right, right? yeah. So the, the whistle's going to be – just a whistle. You won't open the whistle and never use it. It'll be a collector's item, hopefully. It's going to be my my face, a little some logos, me blowing a whistle – Kind of like a cartoon character, I me mean, running the whistle out and in the case, Bill Alfonso and all that stuff. I'm going to sell a tremendous amount of them at the shows that I do and on the internet. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? I'm going to have to get a, get one myself. Oh, yeah, I'll send you guys some. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm working at it now. I'm trying to find a toy guy to do it cheap so I can sell them. I want to try to sell them for 10 bucks so everybody can buy one. Hell everybody yeah. can afford 10 bucks. You know, you can't afford twenty nine ninety nine, but you can afford ten. I agree. That's a good yeah. price point. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It'd be something you know. It'd be a collector's item, you know, or a, a random buy or impulse buy or whatever. But people generally like me at these conventions and stuff. That I do real well. Well, I can imagine I'm that. <laughs> I'm a people. I'm a people. Uh, uh, fan friendly. People love me because I'll take time bullshit, take pictures, or go out of my way to put people over. If I'm there, why not? Yeah, there right. Anyway, Absolutely. People, I mean, people have been good to me all these years. Dude, what, I got to ask you, what are what are your thoughts on, on cannabis and wrestling right now? Uh, I know, like, a lot of people 
uh, you know, the opioid crisis and everything going on with guys using painkillers and whatnot. What are your thoughts about, you know, the potential of using cannabis and replacement of like these opioids and, and, you know, prescription medication? Well, I think it's a great step because it really works. But here's the problem. Our guys, the wrestlers, the football players, and all the fucking guys don't use it because it makes their back feel better. Right, use right. It because it gets them high. We like to taste. We like to fucking party. We like to smoke pot. Now, uh, the side effect on it is it cures your fucking ailment. You know, it helps your back feel better and shit. But we don't give a fuck about that. We just want to get high. But it helps. Now, uh, now other people are using it. Older people, cancer patients, it helps them with nausea and helps them get some sleep. That's all good. And it right. does work. And it's, it's better than the opiate because we've lost so many guys on opiates. And I had a problem with opiates too. I was getting hurt. I got, I'm got i all stitched up. I got titanium plates. I got screws in my body. My knees are shot. I got arthritic hands from counting one, two, three as a ref. So I went through my little bout with opiates, but, you know, it was not long, but you know, I went, had to go to rehab. It cost me fifty grand to get off the fucking opiates. It's crazy. Jesus, man, that's crazy. that's fucking crazy. I was them for like a year or two, and I was giving them. The doctor was giving them to me. It's not like I was buying heroin or something on the street. Right. I, mean, I was going to a legitimate fucking orthopedic surgeon doctor giving me opiates, and I couldn't get up without them and couldn't go to sleep without them. It was crazy. After like a year or two, I couldn't. Crazy. I had to go get flushed out. It was. You know, terrible. But you know, part that's of life. the problem. They just feed the better. doctors. Just pot feed you shit. Yes, but pot is to answer your question. I, I'm a big believer in the pot. You know, right? You know, I hope guys do use it for. You know, you can take it in other ways of smoking. You know, in the oil, of course, pill, edible. Trust me, I'm familiar with every which way you could take it. <laughs> so Fonzie, Me you, you daddy Me. that's right daddy that's right <laughs> so Fonzie you actually did have a match in ECW that I do want to talk about against uh, oh, Beulah in 97 I beat her ass so bad <laughs> is it true that you that lost was... a third of your blood yeah I had to get rushed to the hospital brother I had to get rushed to the... I'll tell you the whole story you want to hear it? Yeah, we want to hear it. Give it to us. All right. Now, it starts off by going like this. Uh, Sabu was negotiating. You know how everybody was going to WCW, Sandman, Taz went to New York, the WWF, and, you know, Paul Heyman was taking a loss on his big stars leaving. Right. He faced all them guys. You know what I mean? So, Sabu was negotiating with... Kevin Sullivan and WCW and all these people in Atlanta. And I really didn't know anything about it. They asked Sabu, hey, who do you want to manage you? He said, that's no brain. I want Fonzie. Okay, we're going to give him really good money, probably 250 350 and 450 in the three-year contract. Wow. So I didn't know this. I didn't know this. So, you know, I, Sabu and Kevin Sullivan, everybody told me later. But Paul Heyman thought I did know that Sabu was negotiating to leave ECW and take me with him. But that wasn't the case. I didn't know anything. So um, as time goes by, Paul Lee finds about it. Paul Lee blocks him from leaving because contract restrictions and WCW can't negotiate with, can't come into somebody's camp and try to steal somebody that's illegal or the 
uh, work act or whatever the fucking thing is. Right. Uh, but, uh, so I had a little heat with the office and the rumor was that they were going to fire me because I, they thought I was part of the secret negotiations and was going to walk out on my contract and all that. But I didn't know a thing until later. So, uh, they set up this match with Beulah and it was a blow off. It was going to be Tommy Dreamer and Beulah against me and RVD in a mixed tag match. But at the beginning of the match, uh, somebody comes out there and beats Tommy Dreamer up and leaves him laying. And so it's just Beulah by herself. And Van Damme says, oh, Fonzie, you just five. And he goes back to the locker room. So it's me and the girl. What? So we start off. They just left you out there? So we start. Huh? What's that? They just left you out there? No, no, no. It was all designed. All right, You know, they say, okay, Fonzie. Well, they were trying to rip him, too. It's going to be a single match between you and Beulah. We had talked about it. And, you know, things all later. Nothing happens on TV unless it's okayed by Vince. Of course. Unless it's okayed by the boy. Nothing. I don't care what you say and you say, oh, that's real, that's a work. No, it's all a work. Everything, is just, not one thing goes by. Um, so they, um, they were considering letting me go after that match because um, they thought I was negotiating to leave with Ted Turner. I was. So anyway, we have the match. The match starts, and Beulah hits me with that chin sheet at the beginning of the match, like like 10 seconds into the match, and some a fan gave that chin sheet, that cooking sheet to her. She put it in a shirt. She smacked me with it, and they somebody had shaved. One of the edges was kind of sharp or something. Aww. So when it hit me, it kind Boston of sliced my head. But it couldn't work out for the better because it was a perfect. She couldn't have hit me no better if she tried it a hundred more times. It just happened to hit me perfect right above my eyebrow, cut an artery, uh, cut nerves, spiked me wide open. Blood was shooting out like a like a pump. You know what I'm saying? My heart would beat. The blood would pop out, but almost bled to death. But but we had the match. It was really good. People still talk about it today. Yeah, it was wasn't for that That's blood. It, that's it crazy. The without the blood. You the know? blood made yeah, that so match, match, you know? I mean, the fact that you worked the whole match, you got nerve damage, cut artery, and you're not even a wrestler. That really shows your dedication as, you know, Bill Alfonso, well, the performer. Well, I wanted to do that. And if I didn't do that, if I would have said, oh, I'm bleeding too much, let me go to the restroom. Now, I would have looked like a pussy to all these guys who've been bled up and cut up all these years, Sabu and all those guys. I couldn't do that. You know what I mean? So it was my, you're right, dedication and all that. I didn't want to be, a, you know, I wanted it to be good. And and it and it was end up being good. And I got rushed to the hospital and, you know, got admitted and stitches and all kind of shit. Bueller <laughs> called me every day for a week. Well, thank God. Oh, Ponzi, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh yeah. She sent me flowers and all kind of shit. <laughs> well, at least was, she was looking was after fun. you. <laughs> yeah, there's some crazy pictures. If you look at that match, it was crazy. Oh, I remember seeing the match. Trust me. I mean, it's uh, it's one that I'm sure stands out in a lot of wrestling fans' memories. You know. Have you been back yeah, to the uh, 2300 Arena in Philadelphia? 
Sunset East. Yeah, Club man. I've done, I've done a, a quite a few autograph sessions in there. What is it like being back? It must spark a lot of great memories. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty nostalgia. Yeah, I like going back. It's pretty, real cool. You know, the old crowd's gone. But, you know. It's true. But when I do these conventions, there's a bunch of people that always come up to me. And I was a big part of 1995 to 2000. I was a big part of their lives. A lot of young people from 15 to 25 years old used to come to the matches all the time. And now they're old, older people in their 50s. They say, Man, I used to watch it in ECW Love just so they got a connection with me. So I'm like grandfather then, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a new crop, but at least, you know, you're still getting the recognition, and that's what matters, you know. That's, yeah. what, that's what keeps people going back. I'm sure that's what keeps you going back, too. I mean, why else would you be there, you know? A- absolutely, absolutely. You're and still you know, a legend, really, regardless. Well, I'm a legend in my own mind. Uh, I I believe in I my mind too, you're damn a it. In my, in mind. my mind too, you're a legend. Well, thanks, Daddy. <laughs> you know, uh, you know who treats me real good is when I go do these indie shows, like I just did this Cleveland show uh, Friday to AIW. Yep. And I didn't know one of the young guys in the dressing room. They were all talented as hell. They were all beautiful, good looking. They all treated me like I was a superstar. They couldn't believe I was there. I couldn't believe how good they were treating me. You know what I mean? They were following me around the dressing room, making me tell stories and bullshit with them and hang out. And they had a great time. And I, and I had a great match with the guys. I managed somebody. It was good. It's on my social media, some of the footage of the match. Yeah, Check I it saw out. it. Looked, it looked good. Yeah, man. We got to get you up in the Northeast, dude. I, I, you know, I was, we were talking oh, about absolutely. it earlier, you know. I have a, a promotion up here, or a few, actually, that I work with already and i believe that you would be a good fit like to get you up here yeah battlefront especially dude because battlefront's all about that hardcore one that's in there's a big one in november i think november 9th or something i think van damme might be on a taboo see if you can get me on that one i think it's in new york city i think i'll look into that i know the next one we have is uh gonna be coming up next week but there's one in october i think that's got our our buddy gangrel on there and a few other guys and uh, i know uh just Incredibles on one of the next ones coming up next weekend, and I just feel like you know, yeah. that, you know, you'd be great. I, I fit in. I fit real good. I fit real good, and I can manage anybody. I can I come mean. in with an ECW guy, manage Justin, but you manage it. But it helps when I come in and they put me with their top guy, their top heel, or top baby face. Don't matter. And I, and I, and I always gets over. Hi, can you imagine him <laughs> with Bill Frost Alfonso? coming out with Just us? Like, like, oh my God! Oh, dude, the crowd. We need it. They need it up. I mean, we got to do it. We got to talk to my buddy Dan about that because you'd be perfect for it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, talk, talk away, brother. I I, I got a stuff coming up, uh, which I enjoy. I got shows coming up all over the country. Not a bunch of them, but I keep busy. You know, I can do two or three shows a month if I want. It doesn't matter what I do. You know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Something do you, do yeah, you, it's fun, and I make a make a buck, and, you know, it's fun. Do you ever uh, talk to Hogan? I know you guys both live in Tampa. You ever visit the beach house or the... Yeah, I see Hogan all the time. Um, <laughs> he gave me a blink. You know, uh, so the giant... This is the last show, because we've been on over an hour, but I don't care. I'll talk for two days. Don't wrap me up, Daddy. I can talk all night long, baby. No, but we'll anyway, wrap it up after this. Oh, Hogan's a, no, Hogan's a really good friend of mine. 
we're, we both got a birthday next week, August 11th. Oh, wow. Uh, happy birthday. birthday. Yeah, happy birthday coming up. But thank you, Daddy. He's a bit older than me, but, you know, August 11th is, you know, our birthday. So we celebrate sometimes together, a couple times, but not always, you know. But, oh, partying uh, with the Hogan, the Hulkster. Yeah, he's a great guy. I love Hogan. I really do. He's always treated me good. We both come from Tampa, you know, we're both uh, – Got broken in by Hero Man Student, Florida Championship Wrestling. And so uh, we got a lot in common, and we don't forget that. Always been treating me great. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's living the life, man. Can you imagine going out and hanging out with Hulk Hogan? <laughs> they got the same birthday. They've, they've traveled know, almost the same path in wrestling from Tampa through the Florida Championship Wrestling and WWE. I mean, uh, it's, this is true. It is kind of a similar route. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, you guys ever get into Tampa or know you coming down this way or if I come up that way to Connecticut, I'll always call you guys. You guys always call me, you know, we'll go to lunch, hang out. I got a lot of good connections here for great restaurants and some kind of shit to do here. There's hockey, there's football, there's baseball, there's basketball, NBA basketball is just an hour and 20 minutes away in Orlando. And good you know, weed, we I hope. <laughs> Oh, we got great weed. That's it. it. Just, uh, Sign me up. Book my uh, flight, Frank. Uh, We're going medical. down. <laughs> it's, it's medical here now. Uh, that just means it's got to be good. Got the card. Yeah, it's medical. Everybody's got the card, so we can always get good weed. Well, before I let you go, Fonza, you know, I just want to – do you hey. have anything you would like to plug? Oh, I would like to plug the September uh, show. September 21st, I think the 22nd also, uh, in New Jersey. Uh, going up there for Eric Sam, it's a big promotion. It'll be a big... Uh, Legends of convention. the Ring. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm doing a show. In, yes. Yes, it's a big thing. Um, and also, I'm doing a show in Queens coming up, I think it's in October. Um, I'll give you guys more information. I'll text you or call you guys when I find out the date, the, the time and the name of the show for the Queens show. So you guys to run it on your media. Wonder if it's mind. House of Glory. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll probably if you're in Queens, that's only drive away. We'll probably come up and check out the show and and meet the great Bill. Yeah, Alfonso it's in Queens for sure. It's in Queens for sure. That's and, uh, great. I think it's in October. So it, he says it was a, a big show. The guy had no problem bringing me in, meeting my talent fee and all that. So it's, it's kind of a big show, I guess. That's awesome, man. And, and where can fans up. find you on social media? Uh, Bill Fonzi Alfonso. Um, I'm all over Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, Alfonso Bill on uh, on uh, the Twitter, but I don't use that too much. I don't really tweet or whatever the fuck that one is. That's right? a, <laughs> no good Twitter. Fucking Twitter. Facebook. You know Tim McMahon thinks of Twitter. I, I, I like the Facebook. In fact, I just started social media not too long ago. Uh, so I, I didn't want to Everybody on Van Dam is that boo, and a lot of people say, Fonzie, start social media, get all kinds of bookings. I said, I don't want to work. I've worked out already all my life, but now I said, well, it's time to restart working. So that's why I'm getting a lot of attention on social media and uh, these uh, uh, shows around the country because I haven't been saturated on them. People haven't seen me for the last 10 years. Like, right. you know, the other ECW guys, I've been like vacant. So that worked in my favor because now I'm all over it. And, you know, I just, uh, I'll post something and get a thousand likes on it on Facebook. 
You know, there's five or 10,000 people who had to follow me. It's crazy. That's crazy, man. Power of social media. That's man. right. It's, it happens real fast. Next thing you know, you're getting 800 likes on social media in two weeks. Next thing <laughs> you know, the 2B Blunt podcast is looking for an interview with you, you know? That's right. <laughs> the power of social media. That's right. That's how we the found podcast, you. Yeah. Yeah, the podcast, uh, I get those questions all the time. It's been great. The guys that I've met, I guess, like you guys, you guys are sensational. I'll do some favors. Uh but I, I, don't, I try not to do a lot of them, but sometimes you can't turn them down because, you know, you get offered a, a, a talent fee, which is nice. You know, I don't mind, but I don't mind doing favors next time. But I owe you guys a favor. So, uh, but we help each other. That's what it's all about. Exactly. You know? That's what it's all about, man. We're all in this together. Yeah. Well, thanks, yeah, Bill. I we really appreciate you either. coming on the podcast too, man. I mean, this is a this is definitely one of our biggest interviews that we've probably done. I mean, this is the legendary Bill Alfonso. You know, hey, we got we got a lot of footage that he may be able to loop this in the two shows. That's right. You never know; it might be a part one and a part two. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. You know? Yeah, we can. Yeah, you call me whenever the time is right. Say, hey, Bonzi, we let's do a follow up because you guys haven't heard the alligator story. You guys haven't heard the fight stories. You haven't heard the near plane crash stories. I'll say those for next time. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll definitely do a part two. If you know, that's without a doubt, shadow of the doubt. You got that at locked in. Let's see. Let's see what kind of response you get. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be big, especially once you start plugging it. You know, got to get us on the social media. Oh, I'm going to plug. We're going to plug you. You're going to plug us. Everyone's going to get the plug, and it's going to be great. So, Fonz, if I can keep you on the yeah. phone, we're going to cut the break. And uh, i got a quick favor to ask you before I let you go. All right, Daddy. All right. Thanks, Fonz. It's the highest motherfucking podcast around. To be blunt. With Peasy. That's wow, right. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Wow. Not incredible. It was incredible. Incredible. That interview right there will go down in history. Bill Alfonso, the 2B Blunt Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe us to the podcast. It's going down. 2B Blunt Podcast. Next week, we have the Frank Knox birthday bash. You're not going to want to miss it. It's 2B Blunt with Peasy. Yeah, this is Ty Shine, and you're listening to How to Talk. This is Ty Shine, and you're listening to How to Be Blunt with Peasy. <laughs> This is Ty Shine, and you're listening to a new episode of How to Be Blunt with Peasy. <laughs> this is Ty Shine, and you're listening to To Be Blunt with Peasy. How in the fuck would you listen to anything else? Our biggest storage event just got stronger. The Store More Save More event going on now at the Home Depot. Get exclusive HDX black and yellow tough totes starting at just $4.98. They're heavy duty, durable, and come in a range of sizes from 7 to 70 gallons. So whether you need to store a little or store a lot, you're going to save loads. Make room for big savings at the Store More, Save More event. Going on now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Limited time only. Event and dates vary by store. See store for details.